0: Here we are. Welcome
1: into a Friday edition. It's our Dr. Christopher Mullinex Championship Drive, Markheim Lee Shervanian with you here on this Friday. We're in Air Sports One, and for the first time, broadcasting from Mary G. Montgomery Lee. And uh, it's uh, always great to get out to a high school, but it's just even more exciting when we get a chance to come to a place. We have not had a chance to broadcast from
2: Well, you know, to borrow a term which has become very popular, pace of play in baseball, uh, I'm hoping that pace of driving here uh, was a good omen. I had every green light on (laughs) Snow Road. I'm not kidding you, Mark. Every green – there was about, what, four maybe? Maybe three or four? Every one of them I hit it perfectly. So, whereas I was thinking it would take a little bit longer to get out to MGM here in Sims, Alabama, we are really thrilled to be out here today. Uh, we've got some pretty neat guests coming up. Uh, when I get to talk to baseball with uh, Barry Hightower, the baseball coach, a former Met signee, we can talk some baseball. You can talk some basketball with uh, a fellow that went to your alma mater, Miguel Torrance, later on, who had quite a career at Alabama. I think that gets overlooked by the fact that, uh, but he, you know, he did very well up there in his four years there he's going to be a special guest at 8:30. we'll be talking to the athletic director uh haley Colbrith in just a few minutes and zach golston who's really done quite a turnaround with this football program and it's really i'm going to be really upfront about this it's because of zach being here that we got this thing started and i would hope that things work out that we'll be back here in the fall but uh, you're right it's a little bit longer if you haven't been on snow road uh, and i have before it, it does take some time, but when you get green lights in your favor, go for it. Uh, headlines, well, we could talk about some of the things that happened in Major League Baseball yesterday and certainly the opening day. Uh, there were a lot of highlights to talk about. Wouldn't you know Aaron Judge on the second pitch, he sees homers and the Yankees go on to win 5 nothing. Mark, in that game, 32 batters struck out, 16 on each team. Think about that. It's the first time in years that two starting pitchers went 10-plus strikeouts in a game, and it's the Yankees' first shutout since 1988. Uh, Some of the other games, uh, and and what you're going to hear today is pace of play, that uh, they're going to be bragging about the fact that you had at least five or six games that went right around two hours, 30 minutes. uh, Two games went under that, and, you know, that's what baseball was hoping when they put in these uh, uh, pitch clock and getting the batters into the batter's box there were a couple of instances there where a pitcher wasn't even aware that they called a ball on him, and the count, like I, in the Braves game, uh, Colin McHugh was uh, was out there, and he pitches, and he didn't know that a pitch had been called a ball because he was too late. So he's thinking the count's two and two, and he gets to three and two, and then he walks the batter. But you know what? They'll get used to it, and I I really in, I, I did watch a lot. I I was kidding around with you that. When I was watching the Texas-Philadelphia game, I actually stayed with that. The Phillies were winning 5-0. We get to the bottom of the fourth inning, bases loaded, and the catcher Heim comes up. Of
1: course he did. And what would he do? He probably he probably came through in the clutch. Two-run
2: double. Because that's what we do. Ignited a nine-run <laughs> inning. Think about that. And they go on to win that game. Otani did everything he's supposed to, but the team lost 2-1 to to Oakland. People wondering, why is this game... Why are you starting out the Angels with Otani, arguably the the best baseball player on the planet? Why are you starting them out in Oakland? Why not opening day, home game, national TV? Six shutout innings, ten strikeouts, one for three at the plate, but they got beat by the lowly A's by a score of 2-1. to one. So, we, you know, I'm going to go through some of this, but I will point out that two aces, uh, Max Fried of the Braves and Justin Verlander of the Mets, went on uh the dl uh so they're going to be off for a while i will point out in that phillies game who is the most high priced sought after free agent Jacob it he got belted around and he didn't last very long and gave up six extra base sits brandon miller i guess we're not surprised he declares for the nba draft how about that
1: yeah and uh i i think everybody knew this was going to be a, a a one-and-done deal so i think ultimately uh and unfortunately for him, he will be remembered at least in this state for all the wrong reasons, which is unfortunate. But this is a guy that didn't play well at the end of his Alabama stint. Um, and then, then, of course, will always be remembered for the, for the legal proceedings kind of hanging over his, uh, over his head. But there's no question he's an NBA talent. This is the right decision for him. Uh, But my question to you guys, and you can hit us up in the app at WNSP.com, is how will you remember Brandon Miller, and what will you remember him most for? Unfortunately, I think for, for Brandon Miller, it won't all be positive.
2: No, and especially the way he went out, hitting three out of 19, Mark. You never, in your last game, you know, obviously you want to keep winning, but you never want to go out with, well, and you pointed this out, but it's true, maybe the worst shooting game ever and worst shooting stats ever in an NCAA tournament. So Miller uh, declares. Uh, Nick Smith of Arkansas also declared. Heck, he only played about half the season or less yeah. than that. Uh, the deal about Miller, uh, the the expectations are he's going to go in the top five. Actually, some had him in the top three. I, I kind of expanded it. I wasn't really sure because I'm not sure about all the foreign players out there. I say foreign players from Europe. So I don't know exactly. he certainly be one of the top collegians to go in the NBA draft, but that's still a ways off. Uh the AP women's player of the year is Caitlin Clark of Iowa. Tonight premier game, Iowa versus South Carolina. I'm going to say this, and, I, and I'm and i not one who has seen a lot of, of women's basketball, but if there was a game you might want to watch, this might be it. With Iowa and South Carolina, one half of the Final Four for women's basketball. Mark, you had mentioned this on the closeout yesterday. Pell City's going to name their coach. Have you seen anything yet that indicates that Rush Popes is definitely going to get it? The story I read, kind of it was if he said there's a chance that he's a yeah. candidate for it. You, and I was going to follow up on this and never had the chance. Is there anything... No, so that?
1: the initial tweet seemed a lot more confident. Uh, the story, for lack of a better term, almost kind of walked back that initial tweet. So there was a tweet that went out uh, by uh, um, by Ben Thomas, uh, breaking news that they had hired uh, Rush probes. That story said it was I'm, I'm putting I'm paraphrasing was more le- was likely to. Um, so I think it's going to get done. I'm sure he was told it was gonna get done, so uh, but you never know a rush, man. It's always uh it's all it's always it's always theater
2: with rush. Don't rush to judgment on him. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, you see, see that. Clever so- yeah, we'll follow that, and certainly if Rush is named to replace Steve Mask at uh, Pell City, we'll certainly follow that up next week. Somehow, some way, Rush has always been very good about giving his time on the air with us. So we'll so, and, and speaking about Steve Mask, and I don't want to jump too far ahead of this, but guess who we're going to be next week? Theodore. How about that? Yeah. Uh,
1: so a couple things. One about your pace of play. Uh, I know, like you said, it will be. It will dominate the airwaves this in this news cycle. And I'm I'm excited for baseball that they've gotten to this point, but I would say let's pump our brakes. I feel like this is going to kind of be, like uh, that guy at work that gets reprimanded for doing something, or or that kid that your kid that that gets reprimanded for doing something wrong, and they're very apologetic, and they're like, yeah, we'll do better, and then they do better for like that first day or that two days or that week, and then all of a sudden they just kind of fall back into that old routine. So. I'm, I I want to see a little bit more body of work before I really get excited about this uh, I just hope that that players umpires and the league continues in a way that that. Well. They- they stay with this you know what i mean i just feel like as we get further into and games get more important guys will take an extra couple seconds in the box the ref will take it i mean the i mean the pitcher will take some extra time at the mound you know because let's the use the Long- yankee
2: game as an example 32 batters struck out so you know there had to be a lot of pitches and yet that game went two hours and 30 minutes and anybody who's followed yankee games know A Yankee game in two hours and 30 minutes? No, that does not happen. They're usually for sure three-hour, three-hour, 15-minute games. But uh, the two pitchers struck out a lot of batters. It wasn't like the ball was in play a lot to speed up the game. So that's one indication. But I'll tell you the other one that really I like even better is the fact that pitchers can only throw over to first base two times, and I'll give you an example. So Ronald Acuna, the Braves, leads off and he gets on base. Mark, so and he, and he can steal bases. He's really he's really fast and he's good at that. So the pitcher uh, for Washington, uh, Corbin, throws over twice. Well, now this is this is where it gets neat. So you know he can't throw over a third time. So Acuna starts taking that extra lead and winds up stealing the base i like that part of the game i think it's going to add to the action of the game with runners trying to steal more i saw a couple of stolen bases yesterday because once that pitcher throws to first base twice he's doomed he's locked in he can't do it again otherwise he's going to get penalized so there's a lot on the pitchers but for the most part I don't remember if a batter got called yesterday. I think there was one too slow to get in, or fooling around outside the batter's box. I think, but I could be wrong. But there were some pitchers who got called, and that's going to lead to a Chick Fil A question coming up at 6:30.
1: Oh, all right. And then finally, I'll mention this. So yesterday was Florida Pro Day. Anthony Richardson got out there. Dude's doing backflips. Uh, and I, I would argue it's not because he wanted to; he has to. Those are the things. It's it's a little look at me, watch me. Dude's got a cannon for an arm, and there are going to be some believers out there based on that talent. But I think NFL execs are are smart enough not to to, to look behind the smoke and mirrors here. I mean, I hope you're right. I mean, it was under, look, he's 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 incredible. But when was, I mean, when was the last time you saw anybody run down the field after launching a 70-yard bomb Um, and do a round-off backflip?
2: I'm shaking my head yesterday. I'm working out at Planet Fitness. They have TV sets there, and I'm watching ESPN right in front of me, and they're spending 10, 15 minutes on this guy. Look, nothing against Anthony Richardson, great talent, so forth, but you can't tell me he's a high first-round draft pick. There's just no way absolutely no way that that could be i mean the guy has only started what 13 games in college but they're making a big deal about this because he can throw 70 yard passes and i can go through history with quarterbacks who can throw the football a long distance but never really worked out in the uh, nfl and and i'm not here to say that he can't but he's not a guy you want to draft high hoping he's going to come in and start for you because there's a learning process that goes with it and he really has not had that much experience in college and we've seen You go back in history, college football players, quarterbacks who have played very few games, they really don't pan out early on, and Trubinsky comes to mind immediately.
1: All right, so you guys can uh, hit us up in the app at WNSP.com. We're just getting started here on our Dr. Christopher Mullenix championship drive. Mark, I'm Lee Shervanian. We're in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of Mary G. Montgomery. It's Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP, and WNSP.com. Stay with us.
3: This is Mayor Sandy Stimson. You're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 FM WNSP.
4: That one's driven to center field and deep. Yastrzemski back. Still back. On the track. At the
1: 21 Welcome back in on this Friday edition. It's our Dr. Christopher Monek's Championship Drive. Markheim and Lee Shravanian. We're at Air Sports One War on the campus of Mary G. Montgomery.
2: Second hitch judge saw went deep. Home runs. 32 batters struck out in that game, and yet they still got the game in just about two hours, 33 minutes. Thanks to uh, many of our sponsors, uh, Will Barnes Family at McDonald's Restaurants, Greer's Markets and Cash Saver, Beefo Brady's Tillman's Corner, and Babcock Home Furniture and more. Let's start off our interviews here at MGM, our first time ever to be broadcasting on the campus because we go where Chip Minton goes, and he's all over the place. Chip, the uh, principal uh, that's the biggest surprise of the day. I didn't know you were out here. I kind of lost track of you.
5: First year, so I appreciate y'all coming out. We really you see did. how he's being all nice now that you threatened him. What is, so the what
1: police reports to there, him. Is
5: there such a thing as a transfer portal in principal? Oh, apparently. Uh, you know, this is my only s- second school as so been at theodore the one before this and then you're the baker here, though, weren't you? As assistant principal and coach. So
2: All right. You want to introduce the athletic director? Yeah, you absolutely. said she's the best in the county. She
5: is. Uh she's the best there is. Haley Colbert. Uh, Came on board here. She was here before me last year as a graduation coach. And now she's an assistant principal and athletic director and does a great job. Did a great job lining up our list today. Haley, good morning.
6: Good morning. So what's
2: your background in sports?
6: So I have coached for about 10 years. I started off at Cottage Hill Christian when I was in college. Um, Just a little struggling college student trying to make it. Um, Changed my major when I got that job. Um, that really changed the course of my life was Cottage Hill. Um, I went to Satsuma after that, coached for three years, volleyball and softball. Um, went to Centronelle, coached volleyball and softball. And when MGM opened up, um, Brenda Box retired as the softball coach. I ran to Mary Jim Montgomery because I actually graduated from here. You ran? I ran you, as you, fast you, as I could.
2: Yeah, you didn't even <laughs> Made all the phone
6: calls. <laughs> so,
2: uh, do you miss coaching?
6: I do miss coaching um, I have five kids now so you know that takes a lot of my time and uh, you know being here being back here and still being able to be involved with sports is you know I'm thankful for that
2: so you're you've been here longer than chips you're kind of leading him along the, the leash now telling him what to do
6: trying I'm Absolutely. trying to get him straight <laughs>
2: So let me ask you uh, to give us an overview of spring sports. Where do things stand right now with some of your sports?
6: Um, right now, um, I can't brag enough on our girls' golf team. They are undefeated in the county right now. Um, Coach Binkley will be on later to talk to you guys with that. Um, but several of our sports are having um, really good success right now.
2: We are talking with Haley Colbrith. She is the athletic director here at Mary G. Montgomery. Hopefully, it will do well and be invited back next fall. Chip Minton. Good friend, how long? How go back? Even yes. When I first got here in
5: the '80s. Absolutely, and uh, uh, we've been around each other for a long time. So I'm glad you followed me and finally came on out and and did your show out here. And we do want you back in the fall, so Chief, hopefully when we you get talk, in March come on out. When we talk about some of the great sports families, obviously we have to include the Mittens in
2: there. I mean, with your sports background, your dad, who was a great friend of mine and in yeah. the Mobile Sports Hall of Fame, and then some of the uh, you know brothers, your mm-hmm. sisters, and everybody. Who did coaching and so forth, and you—you you coached a number of years. you. Coached, Absolutely, you know, you were the first one. I think it was at Baker you were coaching football. I think you were the first one that used that phrase that I, I still think about. I need to recruit the hallways. You were the there first one there that, we go. That's yeah. better. Yeah. He made me nervous. You told for a them, no, no. Well, I know you took over a program that was Mr. floundering
1: over here, and <laughs> so
2: <laughs> you, you came up to me and you said, "Lee, I, 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 I said, how are you going to turn this program around?" And you said, "I'm going to be recruiting the hallways."
5: Absolutely, and you know I remember that back in the day when we did it at Big Ten Tires. That's how long ago that was, um, and and we were starting to get kids out, and you can see now the school there has grown, and they've got a lot of kids out, and just like here. We've got almost 2,000 kids. We're right about 1,900, and uh, we're getting a lot of kids out and getting involved in all our programs here. And it's, it's I think, it's going to be successful.
2: All right, Haley. Let me ask you this because, you know, I'll use. I can use Faith Academy as a good example, and, and you're very familiar with that program. They used to win championship after championship, but they were kind of, and, and Woody had his, a good friend of mine, and and but we, we he and I had a lot of communication about the football program just can't get started. And and the football program down here at Mary has been down for a number of years, and then Zach Golston comes over here. Just pick it up from that, and what that has meant to this school to have the program actually winning games.
6: Yeah, so I mean, I- Like Mr. Mitten said, we've always had the athletes. We've got 2,000 kids at this school. Um, It's recruiting the hallways. It's the buy-in. It's the community buy-in, the school buy-in, the student buy-in. He's done a good job coming in um, and recruiting all of those people to just buy into this program. And um, you know, he's had a lot of support, and I know he's thankful for that. Um, His coaches have been great, and you know, keeping those boys on track through school. really makes them focus, you know, throughout the whole season. So I,
2: I go back in history, uh, and I'm trying to Scott Leslie, mm-hmm. he was the last coach I can remember that had. He a, was
6: here when I was here.
2: Right, and <laughs> I got to be really good friends with Scott. I think he's coaching in Mississippi now. I may be wrong on that. Yeah, he was
5: at right. Ocean Springs. I'm not sure if he's still right. there somewhere. But else.
2: they had success when he was here. They actually got to postseason. But, and then I'm thinking after that, it's been a long dry spell. So I'm just wondering, as the athletic director, do you just sense a different attitude, a mindset, when you come to school Monday after winning a football game on Friday?
6: Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, the buy-in with the kids, it's throughout the school. Um, It's not just the the athletes. You know, several of the students have really bought into the program. Um, They're showing up to the games. You know, they're coming out. They're supporting. They're on the road traveling with the team. Um, So, you know, I think that is a huge deal. One of our teachers, they head up the Montgomery Maniacs. So we have a solid group of kids who really travel with that team everywhere they go.
5: Guys, thank you. Go ahead, Chip. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say they're they're about as exciting as the Heim Maniacs over there at McGill's game. So we uh, we get excited for them, and they they really get involved in our games. And the community and the support here has just been tremendous. Thank you. I knew you wanted me to mention your kids.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, uh, before we let you guys go, I always appreciate uh, you guys uh, having us out. Uh, how how can people get more information, not only about the athletic program, but about what's going on here at Mary, Mary G.
7: Montgomery?
6: So every one of our sports, uh, sports teams has their own Facebook page. Um, they communicate there. We have an MGM page where we share constant updates with all the good that goes on. Um, wins, losses, all the things, um, and then you can always contact me here at the school.
5: You going to get him a police escort out or at least let yeah, at least know I, that... I think they're going to be sitting at the red lights making sure he's he's driving 35. You didn't know a priest could go that fast, did you? No, I didn't. How but about that? You can get
2: down Led snow road. I here. know that yeah. now.
5: Chip, if I had known you were here, I would have driven faster
2: just to see you. And if I had known you were here, I just can't keep up with what you're changing around all well, the time. I'm gonna
5: have to uh, just let you know where I'm at. Please, it right uh, please. You can you Facebook, Facebook me. <laughs> well, you know, I don't do that Facebook. Neither stuff. do I. Oh, Neither do I. It's a I don't time. have the flip phone like him though. Up, but, up, up, up. But
2: uh, wait a second.
6: <laughs> Upgrade. Wow. So you know how to turn
5: it
2: on? Uh,
6: I'm you still learning will that.
1: Get you guys hey, hooked up on like Rome, 360, so you guys Rome, know where each other I got that with
2: my kids. Yeah, exactly. Now Rome, you got another one. Rome wasn't built in a day. I just
5: got it. I <laughs> got to learn how to use it now. So if he calls you five times today, it's not intentional. Mark's young enough to help you out with the phone, so don't worry. He has.
2: Oh, he has. <laughs> and I've accidentally called him a few times. <laughs> it was a, mind, well, while I'm sitting mind, next to him. Mind
1: blown that you can type a name in to program a phone number in. Mind blown. Hey, we're talking baseball. We're talking softball next here at Mary G. Montgomery. Stay with us. It's WNSP.
0: Chick fil A. I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love. With Chick-fil-A.
1: 6.32, welcome back in. The Dr. Christopher Bonnick's championship drive continues. And look, look what we're doing here at 6.32, a little Chick-fil-A right here for those who got up early with us. All right,
2: yesterday, Today, there were yesterday there were a couple of pitchers that were called on the pace of play who were Basically, didn't throw the ball quick enough under the pitch clock and got called for an automatic ball. Who was the first pitcher? And this will be a trivia question down the road in Major League Baseball opening day. The first pitcher to get hit with violating the pitch clock. Okay, and if you know the answer, uh, give us a call at six nine four one zero five five.
1: All right, so here we are at uh, MGM, and uh, now we turn our attention to. uh, baseball and softball.
2: Yes, I am. And normally I would introduce the softball coach first, and I think I will do that because it's only right that Barkley uh, Davis, uh, the softball coach. But I, look, I was a Mets fans growing up. Barry Hightower was a high draftee of the New York Mets, and I never made it to the to the big show. But still, at the time you were drafted, you were, I think, going to be coming to South Alabama, right? I
4: was. Signed a letter of intent to come to South, and um, the first time I visited campus, it just seemed like a great fit. I was excited about coming, but uh, when the draft came along and I went high enough, I was the first pick in the eighth round, and uh, we decided to go ahead and give it a shot.
2: I don't know if you had time to watch any of the games yesterday, but what do you think about the pace of play? There were a lot of games played in two hours, 30 minutes plus, uh, and and that was our... uh, Chick-fil-A question uh, about pitchers and you being a pitcher. How
4: do you think you would have reacted to that? You know, the clock, the the timing has always been part of a pitcher's tool belt, and I just don't like messing with the fabric of the game like it is. I'm an old school guy. I like the old traditional game, and I don't I don't really want to see the game sped up. It it has its little nuances, and uh, like I said, managing time is part of a pitcher's tool belt. I hate to see it taken away. All
2: right. Well, I'm gonna. I got some more questions about the Mets and your program, but let's talk softball. Barkley, how's the softball? program doing these days
8: we're doing pretty good pretty good we um, have an upperclassman this year for the first time Um, we're really we have been really young but they're coming out and they're swinging the bat well um, staying in a lot of games.
2: All right. So how's the record, and when's your next uh, game?
8: Um, our record is 20 and 16. I think we've played 36
2: m- games already.
8: Yes, <laughs> I think we've played the most in the state. Um, what do you play every day? Pretty much. Um, okay. And then our next game is Saturday. Against. East Central and Green County.
2: I think Mark's got a player he wants yeah, you to so talk about. Obviously,
1: uh, we wanted to ask you about some of your student athletes here. Thanks to Todd Weissong and the fine folks at Beef O'Brady's for uh, for naming the student athletes of the week. Uh, they'll receive a free meal at Beef O'Brady's over there in Tillman's Corner. So Michaela Baumgartner, tell us tell us about uh, what she brings to the team.
8: Okay, she is a junior. Um, she is one of our go to pitchers. We have two. Um, But she's also our three-hole. She's batting uh, 387, but she gets on base, uh, 472. She is, let's see, she's sitting with nine home runs right now and 37 RBIs. And in the circle, as of last night, she has 110 strikeouts and 91 innings. Wow.
2: That's terrific. All right, baseball. What's the the Vikings used to be a power in baseball long before you got here. How are you doing these days?
4: We are seven and nine right now, but uh, if you look at our schedule, it looks like a who's who of the top twenty power rating. We've played a tough schedule trying to get our kids prepared for area play. And uh, that's just the philosophy we have here. We want to play the toughest competition we can leading up to area play. Do you have any Barry Hightowers on the mound for you? I'd like to think we do, but uh, we're a little short number-wise. But we've got some guys that have been really good for us. Uh, The top of our uh, rotation has been really good, Justin Friend and uh, Cody Strickhausen have both really done well for us at the top.
1: Coach, tell us about Sam Nunn. He's the one that has been named the – P. Brady's Scholar Athlete of the Week.
4: Sam's a senior for us, and uh, Sam's a really good outfielder for us. But beyond that, Sam's amazing in the classroom. He does everything he's supposed to do, he's a great kid. Uh, he's made 1B in his career here at MGM as a student athlete. Um, Great ACT guy, and and he's just been a leader on our ball club. So I think
2: you got to qualify that one B and the rest raise, right? Correct.
1: Okay.
4: <laughs> so, but, so the obvious follow-up
2: question is, what do we get the B
1: in?
4: Uh, you know, I asked him, and he told me he made an 89 in a class. He missed it by one point, and I'm not sure what the class was. But uh, Sam's a great kid. We love him to death, and uh, he's a huge leader for us.
2: Barry Hightower, the baseball coach joining us. Barkley Davis softball. We are brought to you in part by Rich's Car Wash. Uh, Beef Brady's Tillman's Corner. Todd's with us also in Air Sports 1. I appreciate him coming out. Ward International Trucks, L&S Air Conditioning, and the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firms. Barry, how high did you go in the
4: baseball draft? I was the first pick in the eighth round, and um, my, my folks and I at the time decided if I went in the top ten, we might give it a shot. And you decided to bypass
2: college. Now, out What would you recommend to, let's say, athletes today?
4: Draft or go to college? You know, I think it's an individual decision. It depends on the player. Uh, For me, I knew I would go back to school at some point, however it worked out. Um, For a kid who's self-motivated and knows he's going to go back, you know, maybe it's not such a bad thing. But at the same time, uh, for someone who... Is borderline whether they get their education after the fact. I think the, the educational route's the way to go.
2: I went through your stats yesterday. I think you were in the minors like four years. What happened? Did you get an injury because you never got to the big show? And in those days, the Mets were riding high. They had won a World Series in '86, but that's about the time when you
4: gave up baseball. It is. I had an injury uh, in '87, three years in, and um, I had I had a really good year. My first couple, of, my second year. Um, I was pitcher of the league year in the happy league Greg Maddox was the right-handed pitcher of the year And I was a left-handed pitcher of the year uh, 15 and 5 that year had a great year felt like I had a shot and uh, the only question I, I have that's tough to deal with is whether I could have if I'd stayed healthy.
2: So, in the '86 World Series, uh, the Mets—one of my favorite teams of all time—did you play with any of those guys? You know, in the I minors? did.
4: I was actually in instructional league while the World Series was going on, and we had Randy Myers, who had been a part of that ball club, was sitting in the in the living room with us watching the game, and uh, when the whole. When the whole Billy Buckner thing happened, it was crazy in our apartment that night. So uh, Randy actually got his bags together and went up for the ticker tape parade.
2: You know, Mark, you know how we talked about the other day about certain athletes get tagged with things that happen? Sure. I'm watching a game yesterday. Houston first baseman let a ball go through his legs and immediately announced that said he pulled a Bill Buckner.
4: I couldn't believe it. That first game of the year, he pulled a Bill Buckner. Wow, it's, it, it is amazing how things get tagged like that. We remember them so vividly when they happened, and everybody forgets it was actually a game seven to play after that. Uh, that was a tight nail biter, and uh, it was just a great series to watch. How did you wind up at MGM? Because you're not from this area. I'm not actually. Um, I'm originally from the Dothan area, uh, but my wife has ties here. She was a Faith graduate when it was over on Light Road. Uh, still has family here, and I, my family is originally from Biloxi, so uh, I always told her if we ever had a chance to get back this way, we we would try. All right, and
2: Fairness Barkley, how did you wind up at MGM, and what was your college career or high school career like? In um, I
8: graduated from here in 2009. I played under Brenda Box. I went and played college at LBW, and um, I came back here, started as an assistant with Brenda Box. And then when I graduated, Miss Colbert had already taken over, and then she let me take it over. So That's I was great. just ready to be home. Barry, I'm going to
2: ask you the proverbial question they get asked around New York a lot. Is there a curse on the Mets with their uh, pitchers? Verlander goes on the DL. Diaz out for the year. Every year they come in with high expectations. And a member or two, remember back in the, I guess it was eight, 90s or 80s, there were three big pitchers, I uh, forgot who yes. the others, yes. all got hurt. None of them ever really did anything with the
4: Mets you know it's it's you look at it from the outside and you you think that there must be some kind of curse or their snake bit but uh, you know it runs in cycles you know teams go through this through the years they run through cycles and uh, you know guys are throwing so hard these days that these injuries just come about and and Verlander has been a long long long-standing guy and he's bound to have some tweaks here and there so how hard did you throw when you were coming up through high school um, when I was in high school, I was probably low 90s. Um, through my career, I put on some weight, got a little stronger. I wound up being mid-90s guy. And you had that injury, so there was no way you could come back from that after a year or two layoff? Dr. Andrews tried to put me back together, and uh, I had a full thickness rotator cuff tear. Um, the Padres Rule 5 drafted me uh, after my injury and surgery, and I spent two years with them trying to rehab. Uh, the problem for me is I, I, I couldn't throw on my regular turn. Every ten days I was fine, but I just couldn't maintain any, t- maintain any strength from start to start.
1: So how do, how do you get bigger and, and gain strength? I, I'm getting bigger, but I'm not getting any stronger.
4: So where, 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 am, I, where am I going wrong? Then? Unfortunately, I'm still getting bigger. Oh, okay. um, you know, in those days I was, I was coming out of high school, I was really thin, I was really small and uh, got in the, the Mets program and of course they have nutritionists and things like that and weight programs. And uh, I wound up putting 25 pounds on in a year or so, and that uh, really how di- helped.
1: How different, how do you? How different is the game now than it was when you guys played? And obviously, the, those time frames are a lot different. But how much has the game evolved? And how much is uh, how you practice changed?
8: Um, when I played, our average pitcher or our top pitcher was throwing 60 miles an hour. Uh-huh. Now the average is throwing 64, 65, and we stay actually just hitting tees. We do a lot of tee work, which is bizarre because you're like, the ball's coming in at 65 miles an hour, but we're going to put it on a tee. um, And we just go high intensity the whole time because we don't meet a team that doesn't have good players. Um, So it's just high intensity the whole time.
4: Baseball has become a year-round situation. Um, Kids are doing lessons, playing travel ball, um, sports nutrition, and... The sports fitness has become a big thing. Um, we spend so much time in the weight room now getting our kids ready to play. Um, there isn't a time during the year where we're not in the weight room. All right, we're talking with Barry Hightower and Barkley Davis. And, uh,
2: Barry, I've, I've been saving this question for last, okay? Uh, again, in the 80s, well, actually growing up with the Mets, in you know, I was a resident of New Jersey. I was an avid Mets fan, lived and died with them through the first year, 120 losses. And, all uh, Mets organization top to bottom, good or bad?
4: When I was in it, it was great. Um, We had guys stacked at the top, and that stacked everybody up. In fact, guys in our organization were just hoping to get traded because you knew your shot at the big leagues was going to be tough. Um, We had Gooden and Ojeda and Fernandez, Darling, Aguilera, all those guys at the top, and and there was just nowhere to go. So um, it was a quality organization. They traded their players really well. Um. Oh, wait a minute. That's where I have an issue. They traded Tom Seaver very well. They traded Nolan Ryan very well. No way. I can't buy into that. And I'm a Nolan Ryan fan. Um, You know, I I love Nolan and the things he did over his career. He got better as the years went on. Uh, But look at all the people that came through their organization, how many people they developed along the way. Kuzman, Ryan, Seaver, um, all those guys good, and all those guys that came through their program and really did so good. I can't thank you, enough. I, I was really looking forward to talking to you.
2: But I know we don't have enough time, you know, that I'd really want to get into it. And your next game is?
4: We played today against Jackson, and then uh, we played Monday against Gulf Shores. Good luck. Barkley, you're playing
2: tomorrow, I think you said? Yes. Good luck, okay, to thank both you. of you. So pleased to be out here at MGM.
4: Thanks so much for having us and giving us a chance to talk about our program.
2: All right, when we come back, what
1: we'll do is uh, we'll wrap up hour number one. Uh, we'll talk a little soccer as well. Uh, in hour number two, uh, Zach Golson, the uh, football coach, will join us. We'll also talk some track. Uh, Mikhail Torrance, former MGM star, will join us in hour number three. We'll talk some hoops there as well. Continue with our comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's the Dr. Chris Mullinex. Championship drive right here in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of Mary G. Montgomery right here on the sports station,
9: WNSP. There are going to be more opportunities.
10: Swing, high fly ball toward right. Springer going back to the track. To the wall. The ball is gone. We are tied. Hey,
1: 650, thanks for uh, hanging with us here as we wrap up our number one. It's our Dr. Christopher Monek's championship drive. Mark and Lee, and and, and I might add MGM alum, although I think his transcripts are under review once he stepped back on campus. Nick Wiggins here. Uh, we're on the uh, – at Mary G. Montgomery for the very first time.
2: All right. You just heard audio. Brendan Donovan, opening game, former Jag, homers in the Cardinals game. They eventually lost the game 10-9 to to Toronto. Donovan had a very good opening game. Uh, he played at South Alabama two years ago and came up last year, so we're very happy for him. Very happy for Dr. Christopher Mullinix and Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery. They are our title sponsors for our championship drive. We are in Sims MGM for the very, very first time. Dr. Mullinix, good morning. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing?
11: I'm doing great, guys. Thank you.
2: Chris, let me ask you, since we're basically doing a sports-oriented show, do you get a lot of sports type injuries and I'm talking about with the jaw, the facial surgery and things like that basically people coming in not like me from day to day with you know dental issues, but more or less because of something that happened on the playing field?
11: Absolutely you know people think footballs are a violent sport and there's lots of injuries and, and there are but they tend to be extremity related. Uh, Kids are wearing a helmet and a mouth guard for the most part. So we don't see a lot of football-related injuries, but we do see a fair amount of baseball injuries and basketball injuries. Uh, You know, the face and the mouth are exposed. Elbows, headbutts, pretty typical in basketball. Uh, Couldn't knock teeth loose, knock them out, break jaws. And then, you know, line drives, people getting run over uh, running the bases in baseball. Those can cause a pretty significant facial trauma, uh, nasal fractures, uh, orbital fractures. The bones around the eye can be fractured, certainly jaw fractures, and then uh, broken teeth, teeth that have been knocked out. So we do see a fair number of injuries uh, related specifically to spring sports, and we are prepared to handle those if it happens. All
2: right, let me throw soccer in there because head injuries, you know, they go up, they head the ball. You don't have helmets. They, they get heads colliding. Do you see soccer injuries? I don't see that many,
11: and that's probably more because soccer is just becoming popular in this area. I'm sure if you went to California, they'd be more soccer-related, but it's not as bad as uh, the big three down here, basketball, baseball, and football.
2: Dr. Mullenix, how can our listeners uh, reach your office? Let's say they have an emergency or just because they need some help with some of the other things like wisdom teeth and so forth, how can they reach
11: you? Absolutely. We're there five days a week. 251 uh, 471 is the easiest way. That's our phone number, and it is answered after hours. We also have presence on the web so at uh, and that is also available 24 hours a day.
2: Appreciate it, Chris. We'll talk to you next week. We'll be out at Theodore. Thank you so much for coming aboard.
11: Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend.
2: Did we get a winner on the Chick-fil-A out of curiosity? Nathan, if you'll let Mark yes. know. Oh, we did? Great.
1: You want to know who it is? Yes. I'm looking for it. You can just
2: make up a name. It's okay. Congratulations, Tim. Actually, it was Tommy. Tommy, congratulations. The answer, Marcus Stroman becomes uh, the first ever Major League pitcher to be called for the uh, uh, pitch clock violation. And he did pitch very well, though. He pitched the Cubs to a shutout win over Milwaukee. Go ahead, Mark. Oh, I can go? Like, yeah, go I'm leave. Leaving. Just go. I'm out. Okay. I'm out. We'll have, See y'all.
1: We'll uh, we're now joined you. by our air quote good friend, Todd Weissong of Beef
9: Braves. What's up, Todd? Air quoted. Why am I getting air quoted? Uh, just because I'm that guy. <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. How are y'all?
1: We're good. Look, you're uh, you got three hours and six minutes till we're open for business. So come yeah. by and 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 get some fish and chips.
9: I hope people are lining up right now. Yeah, I'm um, ready to go. There's
1: always that one hanging out in the parking
2: lot, nine forty ish, forty five ish, waiting for the. You door know, down. wait a minute. You bring us out there, and maybe they will be lined up. They were like they were last time we yeah, came we, out.
9: we need to do that again. We had a good, great turnout of people coming by the restaurant that morning. That was fun.
2: Uh, well,
1: you offer a number of. Uh, great menu items, so tell people what they can expect when they walk into Beef O'Brady's there at Tillman's Corner.
9: Well, you know, right now, we're still in the Lent season, so of course we do a lot of, like the Fish and Chips is our special today for our weekly special. We do a lot of big catches. Um, we do um, a lot of, you know, grilled shrimp dinners, so we have still some assortment. We do have a six-ounce sirloin steak as well, option kind of thing, so we have some options out there, so if you're there just to get a bite to eat real quick, uh, we have plenty of sandwiches and quick outs, so then we also have the full entrees that you want to come and come and have.
1: All right, so where does this uh, deep-seated love of
9: spring sports come from, Todd Wysong? Well, it's not because of baseball because you guys keep talking about that. But I do love some baseball <laughs> when I'm in Chicago watching the Cubbies. But y'all didn't pick the Cubbies; y'all picked the Cardinals yesterday. We're, we're, so we're
1: controversial on this. Yes, show. we are. Take,
9: you cannot take away Todd, from my Cubbies. You're in first
2: place
1: right
9: now. I know. I saw that. That was amazing. Yeah. 4-0, 4-0 win yesterday. I mean, we're we're gonna we're riding this way for as long as we can, probably yeah. till tonight. But whatever. <laughs> um, but no, actually, it came from you know I grew up uh, up in Indiana. played golf, got a college st- you know, scholarship in golf, and then I moved on to South. South Alabama and ran track and field um, I just when being around this area my kids love soccer that's what they both been involved with of course I have a sophomore at Huntington College playing soccer my daughter's you know a junior at Baker playing soccer so When you start talking about spring sports, you know, you start seeing the exposure. They just don't get it. They just don't get the exposure like football does in the state. Um, I just wanted to bring it to the limelight to where these kids get the opportunity to get their names out there. Um, Hopefully some college coaches or somebody will listen and say, hey, who is this kid? Maybe I need to get involved. Um, And, you know, we just want to get that process rolling. I think every kid deserves an opportunity to be, you know, called out and given those options since they're doing the practices. They're doing not just the academic side of it, but the athletic side of it as well.
1: Well, we appreciate everything you do uh, in BFO Brady's. And each, as we mentioned every week, you provide a student athlete of the week in each sport um, at each high school that we go to with a certificate for one free meal at BFO Brady's at Tillman's Corner. So we really do appreciate it. Uh, I'm not sure there's anybody else in this area that puts the spotlight on spring sports like we're able to do here. Uh, on wnsp
2: i have a question for you all right Uh, relative to soccer okay so in let's say height will use high school football one of the issues of course that negates high school seniors getting more scholarship offers is a transfer portal now i i saw this happen with my granddaughter in coming out of a high school a high profile soccer program but as far as going to another school and getting offers that there was such an influx of students from other countries and if you look down the rosters you'd see a number of countries represented which made it it appeared to me a little more difficult for let's say uh, those born in the united states to get an opportunity have you seen this too also did this strike a chord or
9: well it does it strikes a chord because you know when you know when soccer came into kind of the limelight, whatever else you know, the internationals had one step on us. They've been playing it since they were children and everything else. Um, you know, especially near you know southern South America areas, over across the, you know in England. Um, so those people, they're they're getting the recognition. They are great players. They are. Um, what I don't like though right now is that through the recruiting processes that I've dealt with my son and now dealing with it with my daughter, is that. When you're talking about some of these larger D1 programs, they really realistically don't even look at most of our, you know, American soccer players unless they're playing high-level academies, ECNAL. Um, they're not really going into the stuff. So as parent, you know, going out there and sending highlights to these schools, sometimes you feel like, is it just a waste of time? And that's kind of where I feel like I need to step up. You know, and and uh, you know, that's something that's kind of been on my mind: is hey, how much do I really want to help out these kids because? For a parent it's very difficult if you really want to put effort into your kids getting a scholarship it's not as easy as it seems kind of thing so but the internationals yes have taken over and and even a school locally like south alabama if you look at their roster a lot of them do come from over overseas compared to what the united states my granddaughter
2: and there was a number of schools so i checked their rosters and everything even close to home mobile and spring hill well obviously south alabama has uh, quite a few that come across you know from other countries and i'm like that doesn't leave many opportunities.
9: No, you got to play at the top of your game, and, and there's just not enough exposure, and that's where it all comes from. If if the the city of Mobile or some of the places would actually put more exposure involved with it, it'd be a better situation for them.
1: Todd, again, thank you so much. Tell everybody where and when they can come see you at Beef O' 4419
9: 4419 Rangeline Road. We're open at 10 o'clock. be open until 10 o'clock this evening. Come see us come check me out I'll be there all day today so just come and say hey I want to talk to Todd and I'll walk out to your table and chat with you and
1: do him a favor get there at 9 45
9: this morning amen
1: all right uh, hour number two is next from Mary G Montgomery it's the WNSP
0: This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening the kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. All
1: right, hour number two. Welcome back in. It's the Dr. Christopher Mullinex championship drive all pumped up here on a friday here in air sports one hey we're in a place that uh we've never had an opportunity to, to broadcast from we're here at mary g montgomery
2: off snow road here in sims alabama headlines aaron judge he said an american league single season home run record with 62 last year homers in his first at bat the yankees posted their first opening day shutout since 1988 they beat the giants 5 nothing. 32 batters struck out but what people are talking about because of the pace of play and the clock, pitch clock and the batter being in the batter's box, the game went just two hours, 33 minutes. There were a couple of games that were like two hours and 14 minutes, so I'm sure baseball is pounding their chest now. Uh, thankful that they put the pitch clock in there. Meanwhile, the Rangers, the most high-priced free agent acquisition out there, Jacob DeGrom, started and was pounded for 6 extra after-base hits. He left the game trailing, but the uh, Rangers, his new team, rallied to beat the Phillies. 11-7. The AP Women's Player of the Year is Caitlin Clark. Her Iowa team takes on overall top seed and undefeated South Carolina tonight in Game 1 of the Final Four for women's basketball. And Brandon Miller, no surprise here, he led all freshmen in scoring, has declared for the NBA draft. So, let's talk some more sports How did Mary G. Montgomery. Let's introduce, first of all, the girls' soccer coach, Ben Gruby. Ben, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Wonderful. And we're going to talk golf, but also other sports, too, with uh, Adam Binkley, who's the uh, golf coach. We heard a lot of good things about your program, but Ben, you had a game last night. How'd it go?
12: Uh, We took a tough loss uh, playing one of our big rivals, Baker, Uh, but... You know, we're right now just kind of in a rebuilding year, so any anything we can do right now is just going to help us in
2: the future. Ben, what's the uh, the start of the season record-wise, and when's your next match after the, the loss last night? Uh, our next match is going to be next
12: Tuesday. We play St. Paul's. Uh, right now, uh, we've only won a couple games. Um, And it's just been, like I said, it's just been a year. Right now, we're real young in a lot of key spots, and so we're just building, trying to to get as much experience in them. So maybe in the next couple years, we'll be able to really compete at a higher level. What's your background to get here? Resume? How would you play? And how long have you been here coaching? Uh, I've been here for ten years. Um, I'm a former college athlete myself. I played at University Mobile. Uh, I played at Cornerstone University in Michigan. been coaching since 2009 and then i've played for the local afc mobile team and coached there uh, i've coached at spring hill college for a couple years so I've, I've i've kind of done a had my
2: hands in a whole lot of apologize. brent grub is our guest now and uh that's on me okay so uh it, it's good to have you in here uh you have yeah a
1: so tell us tell us about some of the uh what ma- the makeup of your team, and specifically Skylar Lafro? She is uh, the BPO Brady's uh, Scholar Athlete of the Week for for women's soccer. Yeah,
12: Skyl Skylar is one of our senior uh, defenders. Um, she's real tough, has a lot of heart. Play plays with everything she has every game. Um, she's been a-, a great asset for us this year. She's captained our team in a couple games. Uh, the makeup of our team right now is. We just, like I said, we have a few key spots in the middle of the field and in our attacking areas that were just real young. Uh, We lost a lot from last year and and then the previous years, and so we're getting in a lot of younger players right now, and we're giving them a lot of time, trying to get them as much playing time, much experience as we can, Um, and then the next couple years we're going to be rebuilding our defense because we'll be losing a lot of seniors there.
2: Well, we heard from the athletic director, and she praised the uh, golf team. And we do have the uh, golf coach from the uh, uh, men's golf team, Adam Binkley. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Lee. So she was talking about the team. What's been going on that uh, drew that high praise this morning?
13: Well, our boys and girls team both. Our, our girls team is having a great year. We actually uh, last year played in the state championship, which was a phenomenal thing for them. Uh, they've had a really good year this year. So far, we're undefeated on the season. and. Had the county championship coming up Wednesday, uh, our boys are playing really well at the right time. Got off to a little slow start, but it started coming around, so it's very exciting. Uh,
1: okay, so tell us about some of the uh, some of the folks too. Uh, uh, we talked to uh, some soccer just now, but Turner Collins on the men's side and Anna King on the women's.
13: Yeah, Anna Anna has a her sister, twin sister plays for me too, Anna and Abby are twins, one's right-handed, one's left-handed, so I have, uh, yeah, that's fun to watch, uh, so I have, they're both seniors, and I have two sophomores that are that are on my team, our number one player is a sophomore, and Anna King, Anna is right behind her, uh, our boys team, Turner, hey, Turner usually plays our number one spot, we have J.D. Wheeler, they're both seniors this year, and then I have two freshmen that are playing as well, so, we're doing they're doing pretty well so
1: so the biggest issue for the king family is like you can't all you can't borrow a club no i mean mom and dad had to go and buy literally two different sets for a very specific reason
13: well it's fun watching them on the range because a lot of times they'll stand facing each other like a mirror yeah and uh it's just fun to watch that's cool they have different approaches one hits it a little further one's a little fairway finder so they had their games are totally different but it's just fun watching them together out there
2: you've had quite an extensive background coaching other sports you want to kind of bring us up to date on uh, what got you here and where you started
13: well I I taught elementary school for 16 years I had 25 or 30 10 year olds in a portable so that was that was fun and then I moved on to uh, I got my admin degree and got my master's degree in administration then I moved on to Clark Shaw magnet school I went to Shaw high school and played ball there and I was the I am the head football coach and I was the head basketball coach as well, so I was doing football, basketball, and golf in the can, same season. Can you
1: tell us who might have been one of your star pupils back in uh, the elementary school days?
13: Yeah, a guy y'all are familiar with, Mr. Nick Wiggins, was my in my class in fifth grade years ago. Yeah, years ago or last week? You, uh, <laughs> was he the one that put the gum underneath? The, the, no, the desk? no. That, that, they were all really good in ten-year-olds in a portable. You know, it's different from middle school or high school. When, so, when you play,
1: oh, they were in. Okay, I. Were they all 10 year olds or were they all fifth graders?
13: Well, they're about, fifth grade's about 10 years old. Generally, yeah. but I didn't know if you had any guys like Nick who had to or, do fifth grade four times. Well, it was okay. We had a good time. He uh, he was he was my helper. So.
2: Oh, Nick. Yeah. And <laughs> when you played uh, Shaw football or other sports? I, I played basketball and I played golf. But back in those days, Shaw, especially in football, was that when Terry Curtis and Tom Davis were there? The no, Tom Davis. Or well, that
13: was before. Henry Hardy, Coach Hardy was there, and then after Coach Hardy left, I think I graduated in 1988, and I think. Terry Curtis, I think his first year may have been 89 or 90 after that. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, Coach Hardy was the football coach. And
2: you coached a number of uh, outstanding athletes that went on, and well, you already mentioned, if you want
13: to mention, some of those that came through your yeah. program. Well, I had Mr. Basketball in the state of Alabama played for me, Barry Dunning, Jr. He played his seventh grade year, and then he got – swept up and went somewhere else. He does uh, does make coaching a lot easier, doesn't he? He does. He does. So we won. uh, We were fortunate enough to win two basketball championships and a football championship. I have Jarrell Williams that played at Sarah Land. He's at West Virginia. He played for me. Braylon McReynolds, running back at South Alabama, was on my team. Uh, Devin Minigauts at UAB. We were just very fortunate. Being a magnet school, if we get – five six seven guys not that we have bad athletes but I mean you can imagine the difference between a public school I mean we're public but a magnet school Sure, but
1: there's one there's one common denominator among all those great athletes that that you just
9: mentioned
13: they they played under your tutelage Uh, well they uh, in spite of sometimes (laughs) you know so uh, but my coaching staff was me and a math teacher so my my math teacher was my offensive coordinator, and I was the defensive so they, coordinator. So they kept good stats on your players. They, they did.
2: Uh, Brent, I wanted to ask you about the boys' soccer program. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, do you know how much about them since we haven't had the, the head coach is not available
10: today?
12: Uh, I don't know a, as much as I used to. Um, I know this year they they've they've won a few more games than they did last year. Um,
2: well, how about this? The interest in soccer here at MGM, where, where is that now? I mean, is it increasing? Are you getting more and more athletes coming out? Yeah, uh,
12: we've had a pretty steady numbers. Uh, like I said, since I've been here for the last 10 years or so, we've had a pretty steady increase, um, and we've seen a lot of it coming uh, up in the middle school. There's been an increase in numbers there, and so then that's coming in over to us now.
2: Gentlemen, I can't thank you enough and wish you the best. Ben, uh, can can... Considerable success, I hope, with soccer down the road. You said your next match is coming up against St. Paul's next week? That's correct. Well, good luck to you. Thank and, of you. course, Adam, good luck in the counties. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey,
1: uh, all right, so here's what we'll do. We'll do scoreboard traffic and weather when we come back. Uh, we'll see if we can catch up with Alec Naiman. Uh, Zach Golson scheduled to join us this hour as well. We'll talk a little spring football. Uh, hour number three, Mikhail Torrance, former MGM Uh, Basketball star will set to join us in hour number three as well. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's our Dr. Christopher Mullinex championship drive from Mary G. Montgomery right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com.
13: Hi, this is Jake Peavy, MLB pitcher and Mobile, Alabama native. You're listening to 105.5 WNSP.
2: in paradise how about a cheeseburger here in mobile and how about one at Naaman's catering i know when alec Naaman comes on with uh, uh catering we don't usually get into hamburgers and things like that but we do talk a lot about seafood and gumbo and anything else and alec i want to welcome you to our opening kickoff the championship drive here at uh, mgm good morning what's on the docket this weekend
14: Hey, good morning. Hey, we can talk hamburgers all day long, okay, because I love me a good hamburger and stuff. So, uh, man, I hope y'all are doing good. We're getting ready to move into Easter week, of course, really. Really solemn, special week for the Christians. But anyhow, we've got our Easter menus out. Um, You know, if you just want some sides like uh, macaroni and cheese, twice-baked potato, uh, you know, spinach, whatever, you can give us a call. We can have all that ready for you. And, of course, we'll have some ham, some prime ribs. We've got um, uh, things like that. Of course, gumbo, you mentioned gumbo. We've got a freezer full of gumbo and crab soup. And uh, all that. So, listen, there's graduations coming up. We're moving into April. We'll have teacher appreciations, graduations, certainly lots of weddings and after rehearsals. All you got to do is call us at 473-3900. Look us up on the web at NeymanSkatering.com. Of course, follow us on Facebook because we like that kind of stuff. I guess, y'all, uh, listen, my Jags had a great comeback last night. Hopefully, turn the season around now, but let give us some momentum. So, my Jags on the road this weekend, I'll give you a go, Jags. How about that? Y'all How have a great that? weekend and a great week.
2: Thank you, Alec. We'll check in with you next Friday, uh, Good Friday. Of course, for us, it's always a good Friday because we're on the road and we're broadcasting and getting to meet a lot of local coaches. Uh, he mentioned about the Jags being on the road. They're at James Madison for the very first time up in, I think it's Harrisburg, Virginia, uh, Alabama. They're on the road against Arkansas. And Auburn, they're at Florida as far as college baseball goes. So those are some of the games we'll uh, bring you up to date on what happened over the weekend on Monday show. Good morning.
1: Hey, uh, so you guys can jump in. We haven't had a chance to talk to you guys at 694-1055. A couple of topics today, obviously Anthony uh, Richardson's pro day. I think there was that wow factor. And if you're Anthony Richardson, that's what you want, mostly because that's what you need. So, of course dude's going to run over with a rounded backflip after launching a 70-yard bomb because, quite frankly, he's going to need all the positive spin he can get. He's an intriguing prospect, Lee, uh, and people are wowed by his athleticism, and he showed again. I mean, he's, he's he's his own great marketing guy because, to me, that was probably as scripted as the plays and the throws that he made during the pro dance. What if
2: he pulled a back muscle doing the backflip or maybe pulled a hamstring or yeah. something like that? Hey, look. More power to him, because all I've heard since he came on the Florida campus, how great an athlete he is. And he is. He's a great athlete. Is he... A good quarterback. Yeah. And that's my that's right. my thing. I don't have an answer. And I'll tell you this, and I, I'm not one to buy into this that well he's gonna get drafted one or two, because you draft him in the first round, and if things don't work out, that could cost you a job as a GM. I'm telling you. But and, and I know it sounds like I'm trying to take away, but the WoW factor, sure. They raved about him, he throws these passes, but there's nobody covering him. I still subscribe, go back to game film see what you see there and, and then if you like what you see in game competition because to me that's what counts i mean you could a lot of us could go out there and throw the football i can't but many of these athletes can throw it 50 60 yards and under controlled uh atmosphere knowing who your receivers are and things like that you're going to excel but i mean there was espn documenting it todd mcshay's out there raving about this it doesn't that doesn't translate into being a very good quarterback we we don't know the answers until you know draft time comes along uh, i was i'll be honest with you i was really surprised when he decided to leave florida because he hasn't had that much game experience and i was then also very surprised that he was being considered among the uh, top quarterbacks that could be drafted but can you imagine taking him over bryce young with bryce's resume and a heisman as to a quarterback who had what 13 starts
1: yes you guys can jump in on that the other question i have for you because we're gonna talk a little football coming up with the uh mary G. montgomery football coach zach golson here in just a bit what was the best moment of opening day? And I have three nominees for you. Adam Wainwright singing the national anthem. That was cool. Megan the Stallion not only throwing out the first pitch, but doing her own little dance and having her own little uh, song. Or this guy, I think he was in a Dodgers game. I think it was the Dodgers game. He runs gets out, he's in the outfield jumps down goes out onto the field to propose he runs out there gets on one knee turns around to the fans proposes like he's proposing he's got the ring and everything and security guard absolutely bobby Bouchets him for lack of a better term just rocks him like there is no reason for you to be out here i don't it was clear he was proposing didn't care just absolutely mutilated
2: this guy so what's the aftermath of the uh i assume you probably a couple of i don't know Well, did he propose i'm assuming he was proposing to a a female and did she accept or she said the heck with you i
1: uh, the video didn't really get her reaction because it
2: was on. Or she just left just the ballpark laid and laid out. I don't need this. I
1: think he, she left with him in the ambulance. I think you can have one escort you in the ambulance. Nick Wiggins in here can, can jump in on this.
15: Yeah. Um, look what what a, what a beautiful act of love, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know you know that whole uh, that that saying uh, love hurts.
15: Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. Love, love, really.
15: And I will do anything for Check it out, love. Check out. There it is. Ready? Watch but that. I won't Boom. Do you know, that. you got to
2: be off your rocker to do something like well, that. Well, he's off I his mean, rocker now. I mean, he it's, it's one thing with yeah. the kiss cam. You could, you know, maybe, you know, after the game propose, which I, I don't know if how many I'd have to hear from a female, whether they like being proposed to in front of thousands and thousands of fans. But to go on the field like that, are you out of your mind?
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm curious. By the way, all three of those videos of the, uh, of the people that we just mentioned got more than a million views yesterday. That's how popular those three moments in Major League Baseball were. They all got – like they all went viral for very different reasons.
2: Well – since I only saw the Wainwright, I'd I'd have to vote for that because I didn't see the other two. So uh, my vote would go to Wainwright because I thought he, he did a really good job. He really did. I mean, seriously, like, when you consider all no, the people that have watch the great.
1: National Anthem. He he was really good. And look, Megan The Stallion, ball, ball was a little outside, but she got the ball there, had to step up a little bit. Uh, but she got it there. It wasn't the worst. You know, here's the problem with these celebrities that go out and
2: throw out the first pitch, you're kind of expecting them to completely whiffle. Did on it. Sh- I don't know who this is, okay, uh, uh, Paul? I don't know who that person. Did they pitch from the the rubber on the mound or come? No, forward? she
1: she looked like she was going to step up on the mound, okay. and then she took a step forward, and then she took another step forward. Okay. But you guys hit us up in the app, Megan the Stallion, least favorite. The guy that got rocked for proposing, or Adam Wainwright, uh, singing the national anthem. Let us know which one was your favorite there on opening day. When we come back, we're going to talk football. That's right. The man, the myth, the legend. Zach Golson in the house right here. We're at Mary G. Montgomery. It's our Dr. Christopher next, Championship Drive right here on the sports station, WNSP.
11: the biggest reason that you know we came here uh, because of the relationship he developed with Miss Terry and us, and you know, um, I think it's been 10 years since he's been gone, and we certainly miss him. Um, can't tell you how many things that are great sort of lessons, uh, and how much gratitude we have for the lessons that I learned from him and the things he did to support to help the program and help us get it turned around. So. Um, just a thought that everybody might say a prayer for, for Mal.
1: There you go, 732. Welcome back in. It's the Dr. Christopher Monex championship drive. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports 1 uh, at Mary G. Montgomery. For the first time, I might add, and that, of course, uh, Lee, uh, Alabama coach Nick Saban on uh, the uh, death of Mal Moore, I think, 10 years ago. 10
2: course. years ago, and reminiscing, and Mal's the reason that Nick Saban came to Alabama. He wouldn't give up. He took the plane down there and said he wasn't leaving until he came home. With Nick Saban, the rest is history. Do want to thank Babcock Home Furniture and more. I do want to thank uh, Will Barnes, uh, Will Barnes family of McDonald's restaurants. Also, Greer's Markets and Cash Saver. They got that beautiful downtown location with the rooftop that people rave about. Uh, Beef O'Brady's in Tillman's Corner. Todd came out here. He was a member of our show earlier today. Uh, Rich's Car Wash. Thank you so much, Sarah, and, the, and their good friends over at uh, Rich's. Ward International Trucks. LNS Air Condition and David Green and the Green and Phillips injury law firms well there's a program last year that came alive. Uh, Zach Golston came over in his first year. He just turned this program right around. It went uh, uh, 180. Uh, they had been kind of dormant for years, and somehow, some way, our next guest was able to pump some new life and breath into this program and get it on the map. And Zach, I appreciate you coming aboard. Good morning. How are you today?
7: Good morning, Lee. Good morning, Mark. Appreciate y'all having us here, and appreciate y'all being on our campus today, man. It means a lot. Uh, you know, the City of Sims is really growing, and just seeing, you know, everybody, the excitement out here, out in front of the the bus, and you know, just having you on campus, man, it's a big deal. So, you right, so you
2: you came in here, you had left Daphne, we had gotten to know you when you were a Daphne assistant coach. What did it give us the process of turning this program? around where I know you got started very slowly but the games were closed, and all of a sudden you started to win games and, and I'm sure in the mindset of the students started to really sink in here like wow we we're, we're coming to a game and we're getting victories which you know was tough to do I'm not going to get into the you know the past and how difficult uh, the games were and the record but what what how did you go about doing this and how long did it take for this to get going
7: Yeah so number one was you know we felt like we needed to go grab as many good staff members as we could. I was really, really fortunate. Uh, Mr. Furl, uh, the guy that hired me here, Marlon Furl, did a heck of a job of helping me bring in a great staff. Alex Page, uh, Ramel Jones, Enrique Williams, Kurt Page. I mean, What'd you I, do, take the whole South Alabama <laughs> football know, right? program? I know, we, we were very fortunate to get some guys from South, man, that had great playing experience, good coaching experience, and uh, just good people. And uh, you know that's kind of what we sold our guys on. It's funny you say. You know, we don't really talk about the past a whole lot. We told them, you know, look, the past is the past. We we can learn from the past, but we want to we want to focus on today. We want to try to win today, and then try to you know. Let's look into the future of where we want to go and how do we want to get there well here's the, okay let's let's go back to square one because it, I, I my guess is that there weren't a lot of
2: student athletes that wanted to play for the Vikings anymore because you weren't winning they want to play for winners so how did you how were you able to get around that and get, let's say, more and more student-athletes to play football for you.
7: Yeah, so when we got here, there were 42 kids in a workout class. In a 7A program. Yeah, in a, a fourth-block workout class. That's the, kind of what, what, I guess, what was returning from what the you know where they were from the pre- previous year. And uh, within about, a, I don't know, less than two weeks, I guess, we had 180 guys signed up to play football now there's no nil out here how no did you do NIL. it how'd you do it <laughs> well you know we got in the halls we had meetings and um you know mr furrow helped again create a lot of energy um, excitement about it and uh you know again br- being able to bring coaches on board in in january was really important uh, alex page and enrique williams jumped right on board uh right out of the gate and um, you know we just tried to create an atmosphere where kids wanted to be a part of it you know we weren't you know, we weren't trying to run guys off. We were trying to no, you're not gonna, you're not gonna leave. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, hold you accountable to, to a tough system, a tough process. Uh, but we're gonna love you in a way and, and coach you in a way where you want to be a part of it.
2: Okay, so. so you get started slowly in a sense. You were not winning early. Yep. Then where did it start to click? When did? I mean, you know, I'm sure a lot. You said over 100 kids, but they're like,
7: all right, we're still losing. So where did it start to turn around? Well, it's funny because even in the first game, we played Williamson. We had a lead late in the fourth quarter. We lost in the last five seconds of the game. And so I think people, even in that moment, I mean, we had victory offense on the field. The game was over. They changed. They overturned a call. We're up six points. It ends up going into overtime and we lose in overtime. So people knew that we were right there. We probably should have won that game Uh, if you did it. A hundred times you win 99 in that situation. You know, five seconds to go in the game. You're up, up What eight. happened in those five seconds? Uh, they got they they overturned a down, and they got a, another down, and then they they hit a long pass, 30-yard touchdown pass, went for two, had 12 players on the field, got the two-point conversion, uh, didn't get it. You know, it's high school football. Things yeah. happen fast. And uh, so they tied it up 14-14. We scored in the first overtime, missed our extra point. And then they scored and made their extra points. You know, so.
1: but and I'm a firm believer of this in, in really any sport. I really do believe, and this is going to sound crazy, that guys or athletes have to learn how to lose before they can learn how to win. Mm. And and I would argue that if that doesn't happen, you probably don't have the success later in the season.
7: Oh, well, that's just the beginning of it. Yeah. The, ne- the next week we go to Charles Henderson. We're winning 14-3 at halftime. Yeah. Really... Lost the game in the last 40 seconds of the game. They scored with 40 seconds to go to go up 24-21. So lose another heartbreaker yeah. on the road. The next week we go to Foley. We're winning the whole game by a touchdown. It back and forth game. It was a really great game, but we're winning by a touchdown pretty much the whole game. They score, go to overtime, and lose by one point in overtime again. They go for two. We scored, made our PAT. Yeah. And then they go, they score and and go for two and get it. And we lose by one again in yeah. week three. So. Just heartbreakers in the first few weeks, and uh, you how'd know, you keep it together? Yeah, that was the think the biggest thing, man. And I'll give our community, our school, you know, everybody involved the you know the grit that we showed and and you know sticking with us through three tough losses, lost to a good Fairhope team in week four, so really four losses in a row to start it out, and then you know all of a sudden we get a we get a win at Alma Bryant and we get a win you know, versus Baldwin County, then Davidson, and then we played two good teams in Baker and Daphne and found good wins there at the end of the season. So but so where did it start to turn, though?
2: And it, Was there a play a game, in the game? Because, like, you know, Mark says, well, you know, you have to learn how to lose. Well, heck, this pro, that's all this program has ever done is lose in the last couple <laughs> but, of years. I think you only really had, like, the one win. Is,
1: but the, the difference between losing that maybe this, the way the, the program had lost in the past Correct. and yeah. losing the way you did last year there, it, it it ultimately results in kids realizing you're there. It improvement. That's it. right. That's you're it. there, and now if we just give that little extra, you know, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, that's right, it gets flipped.
7: Well, it's funny. We we do a deal every morning. We call breakfast checked. We do a devotion, and um, you know, we had our kids just this morning, and I was literally just talking to them about, you know, is it really about wins and losses, or is it just about being the best that you can be every day? Right, whatever that looks like, be the best version of you, and then good things are going to happen over time. And they and we've been selling that and telling them that for the, over a year now. And and they, you know, they were bought into it and they saw it. They saw, hey, if I just go be the best I can be, good things are going to happen. We we didn't win. We didn't find a way to win those first four weeks, but we were we were better and you, they felt themselves getting better, and so they just kept coming back. And man, I'll, I'll tell you, we were 0-4. And our Tuesday practices is a hard day of practice. We're sure. very we're physical. We get after it. We get after each other. We were 0 and 4, and it was probably the best Tuesday practice I've had in my career versus the week of Alma Bryant. And I think they were, they kind of felt that they were so close that it was about to we were about to get over the hump. And so that's where I would say if there was a turning point, like we knew that it was about to happen.
2: I understand where you're coming from. You know the best you can be, but when these kids are walking around campus and they're 0 and 4 their friends and their the other students they're not thinking about that they're just saying oh here we
7: are oh and four i know and it was i'm not gonna say it was easy and again i, I give a lot of credit to our to our students and to our you know, our community for having our back and saying, hey, you're right there. Just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. And parents, man, there was zero negativity. We're 0-4. I've been places where we're 4-0, and, and you're getting, what are y'all doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we're 0-4, and, and, and the people are right behind us saying, hey, just keep pushing.
1: Just yeah, you know, pushing. it's funny because a lot of people, I think a lot of people don't understand how, whether it's culture or your program, and how that type of negativity or positivity can ultimately impact uh, the program. So if there's a lot of negativity, mom and dad are kind of complaining at the dinner table about how, man, little Johnny, you ought to be out there playing a lot more. And then he starts talking with his buddies out on the field, and all of a sudden, maybe they get frustrated. Like, that's a real thing. It's a real and thing. And it's yeah, probably it uh, one of the top two things that I think coaches deal with on that level. That is. And the idea of truly getting guys to buy in and making that personal sacrifice—people yeah. say they they do it, and they don't—they're not worried about stats and their individual. It's all a bunch of BS. Of course they do. They're, yeah. they're kids. It's yeah. human nature. It's human what nature, we right? it's what we talk about on radio shows like this. So for guys to actually buy in truly buy-in is probably the toughest thing that you guys as high school coaches have to deal with.
7: Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Um, you know, and I think that gets back to the to the point of, hey, just be the best version of you. Yeah. Good things are going to happen. You know, maybe your story isn't that you're going to score 10 touchdowns for Mary G, but maybe it's going to be that you're going to score 10 touchdowns for Huntington College yeah. or whoever. You know, right. so the story never ends. I mean, you see it all the time. A guy like Ja'Cory Bennett, you know, that waited till his senior year to really get to play all of a sudden, this guy's going to the NFL. Jalen Tolbert's another guy that, you know, same thing. Sure. He played JV until he was a junior in high school. I mean, didn't play a whole lot of significant snaps as a junior. And then as a senior, Blossoms and an unbelievable player and playing for the Cowboys now. I mean, there's, you know. Zach Olsen is the head coach of MGM. So let's move forward now. Program's
2: turned around. I, I Refresh my memory. Did you get to the postseason? We you did. Did we didn't first you? Year, first year in the playoffs. Oh, I can imagine how, years. Yeah, yeah. what that was all about. It was
7: great. You know, we didn't play as well as we would have liked at uh, Central Phoenix last year, and they had a really good yeah. team. And uh, so they put it on us pretty good. But to be there again was great. Um, obviously, you know, I don't know how many people know this or don't know it, but the, one of our goals is to go win a playoff game here. It's never been done at Mary G. They've never won a playoff game. And so they're, I think we're 0-6 or 0-7 in the playoffs. But um, it's definitely something that's that we're striving towards and, and we're getting closer to. and working towards every they,
1: day. Uh, they grow them differently in Central Phoenix now.
7: Yeah, they do. They've <laughs> they, they, they got a great thing, man. they got a great that, program. that
2: so. time difference up there. <laughs> that's that's what, what it is. is. <laughs> our teams never play well up there, no matter who it is. All right, so what what's coming back? How many kids are signed up? And yep. where are you move, moving forward now towards the spring?
7: We're really excited about the group that we have. Um, we have a lot of returners, especially at our skill positions. Our quarterback, Jared Hollins, uh, just got told that he was a three-star player, on rivals and uh, he got an offer to NC State, Boston College, uh, Yale. He's a 4.2 GPA kid, great kid, um, you know, really, really great football mind, very smart, very cerebral, just checks a lot of boxes when it comes to being a college prospect, 6'4", 185 pounds, uh, long, really long arms. So I'm excited about him, uh, his opportunity his senior year to help lead us, you know, to, to what could be a really special
4: Phillies
10: hitters. And Cave looks this one deep to center field. Thompson back near the
4: wall. He'll reach and make the catch.
10: Right at
9: the fence. And he was there and he was up and that definitely would have been gone. Bubba Thompson coming in as a pinch hitter. And then of course we know the great defense and speed that you're going to get and he shows it off here on opening day. 7.54,
1: welcome back in the Dr. Christopher Monarchs Championship Drive. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports 1. We are on the campus of Mary G. Montgomery. Uh, You guys can jump in at 694-1055. Quick reminder, though, that if you are 65, if you're within a year of retiring, uh, you need to get educated on Medicare and what is the best Medicare coverage for you. Uh, Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors can help you with uh, what can be a very long and tedious task of finding out all of that information. Medicare and the Medicare benefits are constantly evolving, constantly changing. He doesn't sell Medicare. He simply helps you navigate that uh, experience. There's never a fee for a service, all right? And everybody's situation is going to be a little different. So uh, he's had several people confused by turning 65 and still working. Do, um, do you need Medicare? How do you compare the coverages between Medicare and, you know, what you have through your company? He can sort that out for you and let you know what type of coverage you need. Uh, He's local, he's knowledgeable, and, yes, he has a physical location. So go check out his office, Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet. You can go see him. He'll come meet you. I know he and I met a, a couple of times. Aiden Marks, Medicare Insurance Advisors. Give them a call for more information at 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Aiden Marks, Medicare Insurance Advisors.
2: All right, so uh, we still have John Ricchetti coming up at 8 o'clock with a golf report, the Miller Lake Golf Report. Bring us up to date there, and then we usually, when we're out on location, try to get an alum. And I think we got a really good one coming up at 8:30, Miguel Torrance, who uh, played basketball here at MGM and actually was really, really good. Averaged 20 points his senior year. Went to Alabama, spent four years there, played a little, a little professional ball over in Turkey. Was not drafted, and we'll find out. We'll catch up with him and maybe get some highlights of his career at MGM.
1: And in and around all that, you. guys know how we feel about our own nick wiggins
2: right how, how do we feel about him
1: it depends on the day okay and that's kind of the point so because we're objective about this and this being the former stomping grounds of triple g there will be an admin or two that might pop in in hour number three and share some of their stories
15: Look, man, I've I've already been talking to a couple of people. That are, I think they're in works of sculpting the statue now. Yeah. Uh, they had me do some poses out there, so I'm excited to see what they come up with.
1: Yeah. So are they are they putting it by the urinal, or are they replacing a urinal in the men's <laughs> restroom with that?
15: Uh, that that I, I'm not too sure of. I, I did think it was odd that they were talking about having to set up plumbing. in Yeah. It.
1: Yeah. Huh. Okay. So is it is it to scale? I mean, are you literally? I mean, is the statue literally going to be five foot two, or, or are they just? Gonna, I don't know why you always you, say prop you, you up a little bit. You
15: make jokes about me being short, but you're shorter than I am.
1: Well, it's radio. Nobody can confirm that to be true.
15: That's true. Hey, everybody, Markheim is six foot seven.
1: <laughs> six seven.
15: And then, and Lee is um.
1: Not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, Lee. I'm about a well, foot, short. I'm, foot short. I'm a foot short. You're a foot short, seven. but you don't have your
1: shoes on, so it's, yeah. hard. it's hard to, it's
2: hard what, to judge. 5'7". Yeah. Actually, probably 5'6", quarters now. I'm shrinking. Look,
15: with, with, with the athletic skill and ability that you have or had in your, um, pr- the prime of your body, what height do you think you would need to be to have actually had chance to have a career? Uh, I think if I was 6'4", six, 6'5", six, I'd be D1. Five oh. star? Five star, four star, three, great star.
1: I would say for you,
15: if I was seven foot, I'd be playing in uh, Euro League right dude, now. Dude,
1: if anybody is seven <laughs> foot you're in Euro League, I would say if I were six four, I would definitely have played college ball for sure. Yeah. Um. Maybe not great college ball. <laughs> right. But I would have gotten a scally, as the kids call it. All right, hour number three is next. John Ricchetti and then a really a whole lot of shenanigans. Uh, Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's our Dr. Chris from All Championship Drive right here on the sports station, WNSP.
2: 804. welcome
1: back in. Hour number three, the Dr. Christopher next Championship Drive. Bart and Lee in Triple G. We're in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of Mary G. Montgomery for the very first time uh, being out here. It's been a lot of fun, Lee.
2: It has, and we still have another hour to go, and uh, we will uh, update.
10: were you born from nineteen forty five to nineteen sixty five people born during these years are five times more likely to have hepatitis c but most people don't know they are infected so even if you try to eat right exercise and take care of yourself you can still have hepatitis c a serious liver disease that often has no symptoms in fact people can live with hepatitis c for decades without feeling or looking sick but over time Hepatitis C can cause serious health problems, including liver damage, liver failure, or even liver cancer. Getting tested is the only way to know if you're infected with hepatitis C. That's why the CDC recommends everyone born from 1945 to 1965 get a blood test for hepatitis C. Treatments are available that can cure this disease. So talk to your doctor about getting tested. It could save your life. A message from the CDC.
1: Hey, it's 8.07. We interrupt this interruption to bring you regularly scheduled broadcast here on WNSP. Mark and Lee in Air Sports from one here uh, at Mary G. Montgomery.
2: All right, again, uh, some of the headlines. Major League Baseball opened up all 30 teams, lots of shutouts yesterday. But the big story, of course, was the pace of play and how the games moved a lot faster with the pitchers on a pitch clock. Batters knew that they can't get out and hollygag uh, around the batter's box, get in there. A couple of pitchers were docked for a pitch for uh, violating the pitch clock clock like I said a lot of shutouts at Yankee Stadium games that usually went over three hours just two hours 33 minutes even though there were 32 strikeouts in the game Aaron Judge had a home run in that game Uh, Aaron uh, Brandon Miller says he's going to turn pro no surprise there we expected that expected to be among the top five drafted when the NBA draft is held Nick Smith coming out at Arkansas uh, the freshman guard let's check in with John Ricchetti now in the Miller like off report to update us what's going on Johnny welcome to to the uh, Friday show here at Mary G. Montgomery. What do you have for us on the links?
3: Well, I mean, uh, the first major of 2023 looming next week uh, as uh, anticipation for the Masters next week. Kind of quiet, really, uh, on the PGA Tour, really, even though there is an event in San Antonio Valero, Texas Open, where uh, play was suspended yesterday, had some fog early in the morning. A lot of players did not uh, get a chance to uh, you know, finish their round uh, yesterday, but they are on the course right now. Justin Moore has played nine holes only, and he's at five under par. He is your leader. Also, uh, Matt Kuchar and Padre Carrington over the age of 53, he's out of, they fired full under par. 68 yesterday. Robbie Shelton on the golf course this morning. Uh, he's two over par in his round uh, Round one. He's still got six holes to go uh, this morning. Then he'll start his round two, and he's in. he sits at 100th and 101st place. So he's going to have to get it going if he's going to make the cut. One ticket left to stamp to the Masters, the winner of this tournament. If they're not exempt, uh, we'll get a spot in next week's Masters tournament. And a lot of anticipation where 18 live players will make uh, their debut at the masters next week so a lot of eyes will be on augusta national next week so other than that uh, pretty quiet in the world of golf
2: thank you johnny we'll check in with you on monday have a great weekend story that we'll be following later today pell city is expected to name its head football coach there has been speculation and some rumors out there that rush probes may replace Steve Mask as the head coach at Pell City. Of course, Steve now the head football coach and athletic director at uh, Theodore. But uh, yesterday's story kind of insinuated that Rush might return as a head coach. He had been an assistant, Mark, and I actually forgot the school that he's at uh, or was at. And and we're waiting to hear if this will happen. It's supposed to be this morning that this word actually comes out and maybe we'll have it even before we leave the air. But look who dropped by repeat performance backed by popular demand Haley Colbreth, the athletic director and Chip Minton the principal the it's they important through threw
1: the and Chip Minton in there yeah. as, as a matter of fact really. yeah
2: the principal the the higher the high ranking administrators here at MGM
1: so if if you guys are here who's who's running the school like what <laughs> what, what are y'all doing miss box and uh, <laughs> it's Friday it's <laughs> Friday, Friday Mr. Broaden's
5: got it under control I guarantee you well Shit. thank you
1: all for having us out it's been it's been great uh You know we try to get we've never been out here uh and it's it's crazy to think that we've never been out here as long as we've been doing not
5: only the the fall show but the spring show so thank you all very much and the response we've gotten has been overwhelming Uh, we really appreciate y'all coming out i think this is great for our kids and our community and and all our programs here and all that y'all do for everybody in high school sports. We really appreciate it.
2: Haley, uh, when you were coming through the ranks as a coach, did in, in the back of your mind or the front of your mind or anywhere think you'd be an athletic director?
6: Um, well, I, uh, I had a friend, and we used to talk about it all the time, about being an athletic director. Now, if you would have asked me if I was going to be an assistant principal, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> that was never in the plan. Um, but it happened. I went back. I got my master's, and i um, actually told Mr. Ferrell several times that I was not interested in being an assistant principal right now. Um, but then I just started doing the job, fell in love with it, and went from there.
2: So how do you combine that assistant principal with athletic director and, and basically overseeing all the sports here?
6: Um, it's busy, but it's, it's fun. Um, like I said earlier, I love being involved with sports. Um, I'm thankful that I can still be involved with them. Um, I get to work with the coaches, with the students. You know, I know almost all of our athletes. Um, so I appreciate that part Who's of it.
2: Who's the disciplinarian, Chip, you or Haley? Oh, it's definitely her. So that when, some, when somebody's <laughs> in trouble, they go to you? Her, and Ms. Box and Mr. Brock. So you hands. stay out of that, Chip, right? Uh, yeah. That's why you're such a nice guy. I Everybody... don't want to mess them up. <laughs> Absolutely.
5: You're the cool guy? <laughs> well,
1: I don't know. He
6: is the cool guy. Everyone wow. loves Mr. <laughs>
5: um, I think y'all got a little confused on Nick. Nick's statue is over in retract. That's pretty much. You know, I was assistant principal here when when he was here. So. so you knew him well. So yeah, I think that's where his statue is. Now,
1: how many? Uh, I don't know how far your records go back. Uh, I, I think we can. How many? How many of, of your offenses were actually caught, Nick? Do you, is there a percentage? Fraction. A fraction? Yeah. He he excelled in math, so. Uh.
5: <laughs> he was all right. He 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 wasn't much trouble. He was only there probably three days a week and retract. so he was all right. <laughs> What's the record, five? <laughs> exactly. I'm curious on the 32 strikeouts. That was that because of the new shot clock in baseball, or you know, did no, the time just because run out the
2: stunk? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was six, each team had 16, and it's the first time in a long time in Major League history that two starting pitchers on opening day each struck out 10 or more and get this as you know in baseball starters only go six innings it's not like they're going nine innings so logan webb who started for the giants actually had 12 garrett cole for the yankees had i think 10 or 11 and then the relievers came in but i mean for a game with that many pitches to go just two hours and 33 minutes is quite remarkable especially
5: yankee stadium where games just drag on all day that's unbelievable but, and you're talking about Haley being an athletic director. I didn't know that she always wanted to do that because when I had to negotiate with her to take it, <laughs> she didn't act that way. I had to negotiate pretty hard to get her to take it. But if I'd known that. Nice.
1: Well, I
6: was pretty nervous yeah. taking on two new roles. <laughs> but
1: she's doing a great job. How How different is it for you because you're so hands-on as a coach, you kind of have to step back a little bit and see the bigger picture. I guess the good news is you get to go see more sporting events because now you're in all different type of sports But how how different is how tough was it for you to kind of let go of that? Maybe control of the one uh, And sit back there and kind of watch
6: yes, you definitely have to learn how to delegate um, Have to kind of back off, you know, I'm not a micromanager. I'm not trying to tell anyone how to coach their team Um, so you know my main perspective and my main goal is to support them make sure they have the support and the things that they need um to be successful so
2: you wouldn't leave a an athletic event and whereas maybe you wouldn't speak to the coach but say you know i would have done that a little bit differently or why didn't they do this or why didn't they do that because you're that far removed from being a coach
6: no um you know i'm not going to question them they're at practice every single day with their kids they know what's going on you know um, our coaches are great with keeping up with grades and discipline and that kind of stuff, you know So there's a lot of factors that go into it. So
5: maybe she can tell me how to do that I'm not so good at that on Friday nights at a football game <laughs> I was gonna say I uh, don't think, I think you, the team ask. should ever score your opponent. So no, uh-huh. but I mean that's uh, that's the high standard
1: that
13: you, you know, guys no, I don't remember here. you that's going undefeated
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
5: BC rain for only undefeated team uh, in the history when, when of the was, school. He, he just clapped back at you. Yeah, eh? he don't, you know, he. What was that? I thought he knew all this. No, when was that? 2002. He we went. were uh, 10 and 0. We lost in the third round to Homewood. Were the head,
2: and you were the head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> so I
5: want you to go check that. He we seemed lost shocked. To, and you were the head coach. And yeah, he was surprised. We lost to Homewood in the third round. They won the state championship that year. Um, so we finished, we actually finished 12 and 1.
2: I remember following B.C. Rain years ago, but I think Coach Latham was it. With Mr. Latham, they they went up great to, coaches yeah, great they,
5: coaches, and they only had one undefeated season, and he didn't know Chip, who it was. congratulations. <laughs> hey, <I> can't <laughs> to remember To he could have known and just forgot. I, I don't mean, know. I, I can't remember He's everything. He's been here since I was little, and he should know. <laughs> <Yeah>, that. <laughs> That's right. He used to walk around. <laughs> and when you come back in the fall, Yeah. Wink, wink. We you know, we're gonna be able to talk about flag girls flag football too. Talk so about we're, it. Now. We're, we're gonna start talk about it now. Uh, girls flag football and I'll let Haley fill you in, but it's gonna be exciting. You know, they they were doing it up north Alabama, a lot yeah. of schools there and around here we had not had it yet, so now I think everybody's on board in Mobile uh, cool. as far as the public schools go. So we're all going to try to get it started. I think it'll be a great thing, so we'll, we'll be able to talk about that. Are and you starting it. a team? Is that what you're saying?
6: We are. This will be our first year starting our flag football program.
2: Is The, uh, the two other sports that are kind, you hear a blip on the screen, but I don't know if they're really taking hold wrestling
5: and lacrosse yes. yes are they out in this area yet? wrestling we, yes. we got wrestling it's been big we
6: had a girl win job. state
5: championship last year in wrestling. i just like the
1: way you say wrestling i, I, I do like, yeah that's
5: right <laughs> <a> wwe <laughs> reference well you know yes yeah we get after it
1: yeah <laughs> I, I can't wait for for flag football though it's gonna be fun it's a great sport it's yes. so much fun who's coaching i, I could draw up some stuff I think well, Haley. we have not,
6: well, no. <laughs> we have not officially named a head coach yet. Um, we have an idea, but we have not officially named a head we'll
5: coach yet. We'll do a big yet. press conference. I have ESPN and all y'all back for right. that. ESPN
1: and us, huh? Yeah. All right. You going to hang out with us uh, for another? Whatever you few tell me to do. All right. Do. We're going to take a break. We'll do uh, traffic and weather here. We'll come back and uh, continue here from uh, Mary G. Montgomery. If you guys want to get in, you can. The uh, poll question of the day your favorite moment of uh, Opening day yesterday. I got three in the category, but you can add your own was uh, was it Megan the stallion throwing out the first pitch Adam Wainwright before he took the mound singing the National Anthem or the dude that absolutely got rocked when he ran out uh, During the Dodgers game to the outfield to propose to his girlfriend. He got on one knee and security absolutely Dropped him like a rock Your comments when we come back right here in the sports station WNSP
5: This is Stuart Sink from the PGA Tour. You're listening
11: to WNFB, Sports Radio, and Mobile.
10: Well, tie to right field, chasing Brennan.
1: Thanks for hanging with us on this Friday edition. I'm Mark Heim. That's Lee Shervanian doing Lee Shervanian things here. And uh, Air Sports 1 on the campus of Mary G. Montgomery. I
2: want to thank uh, Babcock Home Furniture and more. I also want to thank uh, the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, l Air Conditioning. Ward International Trucks, Rich's Car Wash, Beef O'Brady's, Tillman's Corner. Todd was in here earlier with us. Greer's Markets and Cash Saver, and they got that beautiful site down there at St. Louis so much on the rooftop going on. And the Will Barnes family of McDonald's Restaurants. Sitting in with us, the athletic director, Haley Colbreth, along with, and she's assistant principal too, don't forget that, (laughs) and the principal, the guy who makes it all happen here at Mary G. Montgomery. He's
1: getting getting love in the app
2: from Ryan. was my coach in high school
1: was a great coach, pushed us hard in a good way.
5: Yeah, that's my undercover name. I think I sent that. In.
1: Yeah, I was going to say I mean, <laughs> is that your alias? How many anonymous uh, accounts do you have with here at well,
5: I appreciate that. I always was fortunate to have great great football players and great kids that wanted to work hard so that was the easy part you know earlier in the show i brought up about when
2: you took over at baker about getting out and, and you know that program was down and you, you helped help revive it and you know recruiting the halls and that's exactly what zach golston said when he mm-hmm. came here when he said he only had about uh, 42 kids or something like that for a 7a school and had to go to work and all that went on and changing the mindset of the, you know, people who played and watch football here to get this program on
5: its feet. Yeah. And and, you know, we got great kids here and to get them out, out of the hallway, that's, what's going to make a big difference in our program. And that's what he's been able to do. And it just makes a big difference and it's great for the community. And we got great, great leaders in our community. The city's been so supportive of us and uh, we appreciate all that everybody's done and that's why we're headed in the right direction
1: I know we short segment because we went along with you guys in the previous segment, but I did want to mention uh, some some uh, Personnel there women's basketball. We had we didn't get a chance to talk about that Haley. You want to uh, fill us in?
6: Yes, yeah, so um, Our women's basketball coach. He did step down. He has been tremendous for um, our program, and he's done a wonderful job um, building our program up. When I came in 2016, the program was down. Yeah. Um, it was struggling, and he has really built them up, um, you know, all the way down to them making it to regionals this year um, for the first time in. How long was that when we say yeah.
5: 12 years yeah, something like that
6: coach Kimball was actually the last one to take them and uh, we all laughed because he didn't even remember that um, <laughs> he stepped in as the girls coach at one point so um, Coach Rowe was the last one to take them but um, we have Hired us a new coach. Mr. Minton, would you like to talk about that? I'll tell you uh,
2: what, we're kind of into a break. Okay. You want to hold on and we yeah, can come sure. back. And also, Haley, do you want to stick around and talk a little with Mikhail?
6: Yes, I'll you know, talk to McHale. Maybe ask
2: him a, a deep question, a deep-rooted question
6: back <laughs> in your day. Uh, if I can remember that far back.
2: <laughs> anonymous, right, one of your relatives, tell
1: Chip that Applesauce says hi. Whole applesauce. Yeah, you can can tell me about that. That goes way
5: back to to baseball when we were in high school at McGill. I know exactly who that is.
1: All right. Well, you'll have to share that when we get off the (laughs) air. Stay with us. Plenty left here on a Friday edition.
11: Expectations. I know there's tremendous expectations here for what you what you would like to accomplish with this football program. And I can tell you that however you feel about it, I have even higher expectations for what we want to accomplish. I want to win every game we play.
1: 8.32, Alabama coach Nick Saban. He uh, won mincing Words there early in spring.
2: That could be Zach Golston coming up this year, right? Yeah. MG1, I want to win every game. And, and we have a coach here who won every game
1: Oh, uh, look at that, making up. Look yeah, at that, trying to make up with you.
2: Yeah, yeah. He remembers now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember. That takes a while. Who remembers? I can't remember yesterday, and you want me to remember in 2002? That's right. Haley, you want to introduce our next guest? Haley Culberth is the uh, vice principal and also athletic director and basically encyclopedia of sports. You want to introduce our next guest?
6: So I'm being told that our next guest is Mikhail Torrance. Mikhail, are you there?
16: Yes, I am. How are you?
6: I'm good. How have you been?
16: I've been great. <laughs> been great. Mikhail, uh, Haley
2: tells me that, you know, you were students together. And going back on your career, first of all, let's go back at MGM. Uh, I know you averaged like 20 points as a senior. Uh, can you remember a game or two that stood out in your remarkable career with the Vikings?
16: Um, Yes, one particular game. It was I would say Davidson my last year um, It was a region game and it was pretty packed by the gym and we really needed that game I think I ended up with like 28 and 8 and I just it was very memorable just because it was like a win and go home situation and I just remember how packed the gym was and it was, it was just a great feeling.
2: Yeah, you went on to Alabama four years there. In fact, you were there, I think, uh, and we just heard from Nick Saban. I think you were there as he was coming in as the head football coach, pretty much cross paths for maybe a year or two.
16: Yes, I think, I want to say he came in 07 or 08. And I was there, I want to say two years or three years of while he was there. Um, it was a really great environment. You know, he, he, he really brought a lot of, you know, Great experience, um, really had the capstone, you know, buzzing the whole time he was there.
2: Well, now Didn't we know had what, you I was there. Miguel Torrance joining us, uh, an MGM uh, alum. We had you on earlier this year because you did a broadcast of Alabama basketball, but that was back right around early January or whenever. And since then we you know, they got to be number one. How how do you how are you gonna remember this season for Alabama with the you know, being number one but then going out as they did in that loss to San Diego State? Just give me some of your thoughts on this Alabama program.
16: I really like the direction. You know, we have a lot of uh, high pace, fast pace, really a attractive place to play. I really like the tempo, I really like the you know, just the style of play. Um, I like how the guys are playing. I like how they, they bought into the system. You know, it's a really fun system to play for, uh, watching them in person, you know, everybody's getting along, you know, really, these guys really buying in. I really think, you know, in the future, these guys are, I think, uh, have a chance to really, uh, make a, a really good run. I think, you know, the last the past two years, been this sweet 16, um, I think you know the next couple of years you get a big-time recruit like Brandon Miller. You know you can have easy to make another run for it.
1: Mikael, Mark, I'm here. Thanks for jumping aboard with us. I can't help but notice you mentioned the system. My guess is you probably were kind of hoping you could play in a system like that.
16: Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a you know a point guard's dream. In a system like that, up-tempo. It's kind of a similar system I played in high school. We were just really up and down. Yeah. um, Really getting shots up under 10 seconds, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, that's why I like, it's easy transition for a guard to, you know, who's used to that style of play. So it's easy to recruit that type of guard, that type of big, you know, to play in a system like that. And you don't really have to look up your shoulder too much you know, when you make a, you know, mistake or anything like that.
2: During the uh, loss to San Diego State, were you kind of yeah. like, how? you know, here's Brandon Miller with all the accolades and going to the pros before he had just a, one of those nights when he just couldn't hit. Did, could you ever relate to that? Did you ever have a night where you go out there and no matter what you did, the basket just wouldn't fall
16: for you? Oh, I had a couple of nights like that, <laughs> especially in college. Uh, um one in particular SEC tournament um, against Kentucky. Um, I had a pretty good stick, uh, first half, and we were up seven going into the break. And the second half, I just could not get it going. So I understood, um, I know Coach Oates is an analytics uh, guy, so he really doesn't pay attention to the uh, mid-range game. And that was kind of like my calling card in college. So that was my biggest thing when I was watching the play. That they really don't big range jump shots is really layups and dunks. I mean layups, threes, and dunks, stuff like that. So that would probably be my biggest thing takeaway this year is to you know open it up the offense a little bit more about shooting, you know, big range jump shots because that can be extremely effective.
2: Tell our listeners what you're doing these days.
16: Um, I'm doing commercial real estate, I work with the government, um, and I'm also doing my real estate license as we speak, so hopefully next time we speak, I'll have my real estate license as well as doing commercial real estate for the government. Um, I'm also training kids as well, so I'm trying as I can.
2: <laughs> Miguel Torrance, okay, did you ever play professionally basketball? Yes, I've been in Europe for seven years.
16: Who would you play with? Uh, I played in China, Turkey, the Dominican Republic, Mexico, Italy, Finland, and I had a stint in uh, Turkey as well.
2: Wow. Before I let you go, uh, just go back in history to MGM when you were here on campus. Any, any memories you have either off the court, more so maybe off the court, what you remember about the school or on the court?
16: Um, not so much on the court. I just remember the teachers um, really uh, helped me out a lot. I mean, it was it was days that I, re- I really didn't want to be there just, just like any other student, but they really stayed on me stay patient with me. Um, i just a really good environment. I love MGM. I love what it did for me in my four years there. I really love the future, the school. I really love what Haley's doing. Um, just a really good school to go to. Yeah, I'm really proud get- to say I'm a, I'm a bike to
1: So, Mikael, I'm, I'm wondering if you could look. Think back to that time, is there any interesting or perhaps even incriminating stories that you might know about a current female administrator
16: here on campus? Um, hmm, I really do not want to put, you know, but I would. I would like to save those doors for a later date.
1: Okay, fair enough. I mean, she she looks a little uneasy for those without radio vision. Uh, She's looking a little nervous here. But we made sure to ask that question after the kids were in class so that they could hear. But they can always check us out on our podcast as soon as their day is over. (laughs)
16: <laughs> I agree, but like I said, I don't want to put you know Haley out. We don't get really good terms right now, so I don't really.
6: has got my I have got a my couple bag. stories
16: yeah. up my sleeve, but I don't want to do it. Well,
1: I think you just—I think you just uh, secured yourself Mikael Torrance uh, day here at MGM
2: in the yes. near future,
1: Absolutely. based on that answer.
6: Loyalty—that's what we base ourselves off yeah. here.
2: Have they retired his number yet? Not yet. Hey, Mikhail. We really appreciate you taking time out from your busy work schedule. Hopefully, we'll catch up to you soon, and uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, no problem. Thank you, guys. For having me. Okay, and we got to catch up on basketball, right? Uh, naming a coach and
5: yeah, Lee Lee had a cliffhanger there. He went yeah, to a commercial yeah. right as I was getting out. <laughs> but uh, Tori Johnson will be our new girls' basketball coach. Um, she uh, was at Fairhope for many years, and uh, this past year, she was the head coach at Baker. So we're going to take her from one of our rivals and bring her here to Sims where she belongs. So we're looking forward to it.
1: All right, so uh, we have one final segment. In fact, this is a good time to go ahead and break. We'll take our final break. We'll come back, wrap things up here. We'll set the table for the rest of the game. We'll give a sneak peek into Monday's show as well. And we'll let you know where we're taking Air Sports 1 next week. So it's our Dr. Christopher Mullinex Championship Drive. We're here at Mary G. Montgomery. It's the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Stay with us.
3: Hey, this is Dabo Sweeney, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5.
1: final segment of the week. Lee Shervaney, how about that?
2: You know, uh, with the news that Rush Popes is taking over Pell City, and I kind of stay away from guarantees, but uh, Pell City won only one game last season. I guarantee they'll win more than one this year with, with the success he's had, but it's kind of an interesting move how he's back as a head coach, and he replaces Steve Mask, and to fast forward, we will be at Theodore next Friday, where... The football coach and athletic director is the aforementioned Steve Mask.
1: Never short storylines when it comes to high school athletics. Wouldn't
2: that be great to have uh, Rush on
15: during that show with
2: Steve? No, that would be perfect. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> You're going back
1: to my old home there, going to Theodore. Yeah. So. We could. That'd we could. Good. Well, never mind. I was going to think there was somebody else we could probably get too, but I don't know if we want to cross that bridge. Uh, before <laughs> we go, uh, there is this thing called the Final Four this weekend, Lee. We, we've mentioned it a total of
2: we had it once on yeah, yeah once
1: who you guys got y'all have athletic backgrounds
5: well my put the use for a
1: change champ
5: my, my team's sitting at home but um, yeah. I think if you had to go into it Yukon probably yeah but I would love to see Florida Atlantic win it
1: that seems to be, the, that would uh, be
5: great the popular narrative Yeah.
2: Kelly how do you feel about it
6: I wish I could tell you something but you know my life is engulfed in seven-year-old baseball and t-ball four-year-old t-ball right, and gymnastics, t-ball. <laughs> and gymnastics. How, well, how about i to, don't watch much tv or tonight? sports anymore
2: iowa and south carolina women's final four tonight
6: say, say that again
2: iowa with caitlin clark the player of the year mm-hmm. and south carolina with a great player in boston and their overall number one and 42 straight any thoughts on that
6: no and and really the only thing I've kept up with is Caitlin Clark um, you know I mean she has been the buzz all over everything trying to keep up with her but unfortunately I don't get to enjoy much of that anymore you
1: know this is probably a conversation for you know summertime but I thank my lucky stars every day that my three kids didn't play baseball <laughs> at a young age not because it's not fun for me right. but you people are at the park all day, every day.
6: We are at the park or at I, the gym. Yes, every it's, day.
5: It's, a- ask is. her about the gymnastics regional. She'll tell you who's going to win. So She's got a daughter, her little one, that's big in gymnastics. All right, she so, uh, yes. you knows all about Alabama gymnastics. So
6: Tate Lane, she goes to the Alabama gymnastics camp every year. So you know, she thinks those girls are just her besties. Um, but they, yeah, so she just competed in her little state championship, so she came in second overall, so she made a bid to regional, so we'll be going to Fort Lauderdale and May. So.
2: Fantastic. Yeah, I traveled with gymnastics also, so I know where you're going. I went to Vegas one time. Oh, nice. With the city's Makes Gymnastic for a good team. vacation
6: afterwards. I'd say so,
2: <laughs> but uh, Alabama did make it to the regional finals. That's tomorrow. here in Oklahoma. The Auburn gymnastics team was eliminated. Now, Sinisi Lee did not compete this weekend. She hasn't competed the last three meets, I think, for whatever reasons, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Lee Cervanian, Sher- tell the folks where
5: we're headed next uh, week here. We're
2: in going Air to Theodore. One. We're going to Theodore. That's uh, right. You know anything about Theodore, Chip? know well, a little bit
5: about it, and, <laughs> and uh, it's a great place. You're going to
2: come out and cook for us? I had a
5: great time. I'm sure you'll <laughs> get good food down at Theodore. <laughs> My secretary took care of you last time. She so did. She'll, she'll, she'll probably do it again. We, we can get on her today since she didn't We've
2: cook We've been today like, it's you. amazing. Every time we go somewhere, a coach is leaving or going. You know what I mean? And now Steve's coming. You mentioned you have a coach that you just hired here. Yeah. Uh, it's every week there's That's something the trend new going this on. Year.
1: That's the trend this year. Well, in everybody's fact, in transfer. Fact, I, I don't want to say because, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it would be purely speculation, rumor and speculation. But there is a chance that we have, speaking of the transfer portal. there might be a chance down the road that we have a coach on with us who was on with us at a previous stop earlier this year at a different school. I don't want to name names. you got to have to listen to but it is possible for first time ever in WNSP history. I could name it for you if you want, but uh, take a shot. It I off. might be wrong. Take
2: a shot at it.
1: He'll give you a Chick Fil A gift card yeah, if you, no, if you know knock if it out. Do that. Uh, <laughs> tell folks real quick before we get out of here. Uh, we got plenty of time. But again, if they're more, in, if they're interested in learning more about not only what's going on athletically, but more about the school, how they should go about doing it.
6: Yeah. So absolutely, we're on every form of social media you can think of. Um, Mr. Mitten is always tweeting out scores and, and keeping just, everybody updated. I just tweeted at you, by the way. I saw it. He's got the tweets. <laughs> um, but Miss Price does a great job of keeping, keeping everyone updated on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, and then we also have our school website and then I'm always available. I'm always here.
2: Okay. If I I'm think, not a gymnastics Yeah, we're at the ballpark, yeah. <laughs> I, I better I never thought we'd hear this, but if you don't mind, Chip, I'm going to bring Nick in to, mm-hmm. to replace the principal. Absolutely. The, the unruly student. Because Nick has an announcement about programming coming up on WNSP, oh, look at that. and we haven't said anything yet, but this is something new, and I think it, it bears listening to. So the principal is out. And the student is in.
1: Dude, when, when you were real, at school.
15: The real man in charge.
2: When you too. were
1: at school here, <laughs> did you ever think you would displace the principal in his chair?
15: Uh, in one way or another, maybe not like this. <laughs> <laughs> and you're very
2: lucky you weren't sent to the uh, vice principal's office, or were you?
15: Yeah, you know, I'd go through the the few assistant principals before I got to the big dog. You 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 wore them to do that back in the yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so what's the big what's the big news there, Triple G? That's right. Starting next week, every Wednesday at 5:30, our new show WNSP Now Live, where our exclusive online content will be previewed to you, the listener, in a little <laughs> in a tight 30-minute window. Uh, Next week, we're going to do the double team. It's going to be me and the return of Steven Root. And we're going to be previewing the NBA playoffs. After that, we'll have Michael and his NFL show come on. And then after that, we'll have Joey Warner, the king of baseball. He'll be doing his show. So every week, it'll be a new show. We'll be cycling through them. Keep it fresh. Keep it fun. And yeah, that starts next week, every Wednesday, 5:30. We should recommend to Joey
2: if he can get Chip on. If there's somebody who's really into the history of baseball in Mobile, uh, Chip would be a perfect person because his dad was so involved with
15: the history of baseball here. Who's doing the uh, NFL show with uh, Michael? It's going to be Michael Brauner and I think it'll be maybe interchanging NFL guests. Or I'm not. I'm not too sure actually. Right. That's that's the fun of tuning in. Ask Michael about that one.
2: And so you're on from five thirty to six yep. Wednesday, and that's going to be rotating every three weeks.
15: Is that the way yeah, it's e- going to work? Every week, it's going to be a new show, um, you know, rotating between the three. And uh,
1: any uh, any guarantee on this weekend's uh,
2: final four? Hmm. I got one for you. Right.
1: Uh oh, here we go. Guar- uh, Lee Shervanian, guarantee. Yeah.
2: The guarantee is that WNSP, all things go well. No technical difficulties. We'll pick up the broadcast at 3.30 tomorrow. There, there's a guarantee. I love those
1: hot takes, <laughs> the way you go out on a limb. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's cutting edge.
2: It's, <laughs> it's risky. That is a well,
15: risky guarantee. It is <laughs> a risky guarantee, especially with the bad weather coming in, Mark. Oh, to say. You know, with the weather that, uh, that well, I'm not it is that was be predicted, it's risky. I can't double stamp with the Nick Wiggins guarantee on that one. Well, I was more confident that Alabama was going to get eliminated early. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so, who, who are we feeling? Uh, San Diego State? FAU? Are we all r- riding with UConn?
1: So what's interesting, though, about this is everybody leading up to that Alabama, Alabama, game, Alabama game, outside of the state was talking about how great San Diego State's defense was and how it was going to challenge top-ranked Alabama. It wound up happening, and now we get to the Final Four, and the only two teams you hear about are UConn and Florida Atlantic. It's almost like San Diego
15: State forgot to play defense, and we don't even care about Miami at this point. Right, right. <laughs>
1: it, you know, it's, you know, it's 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 fascinating to they've all seem to have been dismissed all of a sudden from from the talk. You know,
2: Connecticut actually. This season defeated Alabama earlier this season, but that's almost like an an afterthought because it happened in, what, 2022 at the first part of the schedule. Uh, I haven't followed Connecticut that closely because what happened when they went into conference play, they kind of had a bad spell there where they weren't winning games. But, boy, I'll tell you, they have been supercharged in the tournament, and they are, I would say right now, the favorite to win it all only because they've been beating up people by more than right. 25 points. and But you know how that can change quickly if another team, you know, gets hot. They're playing Miami in the nightcap. Game start at 5 o'clock tip-off. Our pregame at 3.30. First game, San Diego State and FAU. And I think FAU has become kind of the darling just because people don't know anything
15: about them. People oh. like Owls. They do like owls, wise old owls. Yeah, they're a popular animal. I Like think.
1: owls and Tootsie Roll pops. And
15: yeah, I would bet if you like did a survey of every human and asked what's your favorite animal, owl is top ten.
1: Is that I, I,
15: well? There's a guarantee. How many?
1: <laughs> but how many? How many? The question is how many off the top of well, you you're prepared for this, but how many could name ten animals off the top of their head?
15: Someone's going to say lion. Someone's going to say tiger. going Lion. Someone's tiger. Gonna tiger say bear. bear. Right. And then they're going to get, get maybe a dog. He's to be like, I love my you hit dog. Hit dog, cat, fish. You hit the pet kind
1: of. Then you go maybe snake. you're going snake. I'm thinking owls outside the top ten. I think they're the others receiving Eagle,
15: votes. Eagle. They're definitely the number one
1: bird. Because then, if you get put on the spot and then you start, you start panicking after you hit the pets. Then you start thinking, you know,
15: sports nicknames, right? Yeah, owl. I'm
1: just, bro, how many different teams are named owls? Name you're me, name me an n-
15: animal. Bears. No, that's not, that Lion. we haven't named yet. That we haven't named yet and isn't a, a conventional pet. I already said that. You did? No. Yeah. I don't listen when you talk. Okay, well. He doesn't listen to anybody when he's Polar talk. bear. <laughs> 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 Maybe penguin? No. No? No. You're tripping. Turtle. Iguana. Frog. Boom. No. What do you mean, no? TCU. People are ranking owls over frogs. Um, that's hey, it. people in the app, put it in. Frogs or owls? <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, this is what we call getting off the rails, people. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, San Diego State, in the latest odds I saw, I think they're a 2.5-point favorite over Florida Atlantic. Um, and then UConn's 5.5. They're, they're getting
15: 5.5 points. Yeah, I think I'm rocking San Diego State versus uh, UConn in the final. I would
1: agree with you, but I don't want you to be wrong, so I'll go the other way.
15: Okay.
1: We got four guys still in the running, by the way, uh, for our WNSP bracket challenge. Um, That's right. So I know those guys will be interested because they got a lot riding on this weekend. Jay has Florida Atlantic, uh, Jansen San Diego State, Lee, not Trevanian. I'd like to go around town telling everybody you're Lee, and then you have to say, not Trevanian.
15: I'm sure that happens all the time. Yeah, uh, (laughs) He's got
1: Miami, and Henry's got UConn. So I'm sure those guys are feeling pretty good right now.
15: And look, remember, whoever wins that jet ski rental, it's two of them, and you can put two people and a child on one. So me, you, and we can put Lee on the very back, and we can all ride. <laughs> big Go out Lee
2: there with them. Yeah. Yeah. Lee, you, you want to take turns driving, or you just want to sit I in the back? I wouldn't be anywhere near you two guys out on the water. What are you talking uh, about? No way. We're Because I don't trust you. You know, I I taught a water safety class back in the day. You've done everything, but that still doesn't hit home with me. I'm not a big fan of being on the water. So if
1: we throw you, he can give you mouth-to-mouth and resuscitate Oh,
2: that really would make me happy to have him give me mouth-to-mouth. I mean, you would
1: have Chick-fil-A for for life.
15: All right, yeah, but hey, if if I find out you're pulling a sandlot on me and just (laughs) pretending to be uh, not able to breathe... I'm gonna okay. be upset. Yeah, mildly.
1: <laughs> and he'll need he'll need the Chick Fil A just to get the taste out of his mouth. That's
15: right, something at least.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, huh? I, I, oh, and
1: there's the music. It's like hmm, I'd be Oreos. Going to my mouth tastes like Oreos. All day, if I
2: had that I happen. I mean,
1: clearly we're close here at WNSP, <laughs> but we're not that
15: close. Hey, like, man, Dr. Mullenix is doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that does it for another week.